1: This country seems to be on fire in a bunch of different ways, and that fire is burning brightly today. We have uh, um, a new story that apparently 30,000 Haitian illegal immigrants entered the country. A bunch of them are missing. 17,000 are apparently being allowed to stay. And I guess what happens, you get enough of these people at the border, the government panics because of the bad press and says, just let them all in, just they can do whatever they want. Just make the pictures go away. It's kind of where we're at. So you know what? We're going to talk a lot about that stuff because we're we're, we're hanging out with uh, Ed Calderon, and you're uh, you're an expert man you want to introduce yourself yeah sure
2: um uh, my name is uh, ed um i worked for the mexican government uh for about 12 years uh doing counter narcotics work uh working against uh, people traffickers uh working against cartels um and specifically kind of spending a lot of time and experiencing the border on the southern side of it you know uh looking at some of these problems uh, firsthand um, currently, we're working train people across the country from Border Patrol to FBI, Secret Service, uh people that just want to be safe. And a lot of the things that I uh showcase and, and kind of show people are ex- directly related to that experience that I had down there. So,
1: and there's apparently like I don't I don't know if this is too, too off the beaten path, but you're mentioning like weird occult stuff too, like yeah. stuff that goes on down there yeah. with like unsolved murders.
2: Uh, I I, uh, I I do. Training for law enforcement stateside related to Mexican occultism and criminal occultism. Whoa. So I, that's going
1: to be fun. We'll talk about that.
2: Sure. <laughs> and, uh, right you know, basically showing them, you know, the current versions and symbology and, and, and trends as far as uh, Santa Muerte, uh, the veneration of Malverde, which is like a Mexican Robin Hood, to, um, to how some of these groups use, utilize some of these things in a ritualistic fashion to pr- create fear in their enemies or to initiate people within their ranks by having them do crazy things like uh, eating
3: somebody's heart,
1: you know? Mm. Right on. Well, that
3: sounds like it'll be oh a fun boy. conversation. <laughs> we got Ian. I'm glad you're here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good to see you, buddy. Uh, Ian Crossland, happy to be here. Thanks, Tim.
4: <laughs> we got yeah, I was,
5: yeah, I'm in the corner as well. I was just texting with one of my friends. He's like, yo, I'm at this class with Ed Calderon. And I was like, oh, that's crazy because we're having him just next week. So I'm very excited to have him. I'm excited to hear what's going on on the border. I'm afraid it's going to be depressing, but I'm looking forward to being informed.
1: But don't forget to go to timcast.com, become a member. We got a bunch of really awesome content journalists. We are set to launch two new members only shows, I believe, by next week. One of them is really simple. It's called The Green Room. When ch- guests show up, we got people hanging out in the green room. We just film it. And so a lot of the conversation is weird and you wouldn't expect it because it's not particularly like mainstream news. It might be talking about just history, philosophy, maybe weird sci-fi stuff and just TV shows. It's just fun. And the next one is our mystery show. We haven't released the name of it yet, but we do, I believe, have one episode done already and we're ready to launch the introduction of the show. So it's going to be really fun. They will be on the website and as members, you get access to all of that extra special content as you're at your current uh, membership rate. So we're just going to keep adding more and more stuff to the best of our abilities. And don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Now let's talk about what's going on in the news with this border crisis. We got the story from the Daily Mail. Mayorkas admits 30,000 Haitian migrants entered the U.S. as Del Rio camp is finally cleared. Homeland Security boss doubles previous figure as he revealed 17,400 are applying to stay. 8,000 have been deported, but 2,600 are missing. Now, here's the crazy thing. Apparently, there's a bunch of Chilean and Brazilian IDs yeah. these guys have. Yeah. So so they were saying these are refugees. Like, oh, no, there's an earthquake in Haiti. They're refugees. The, what, what's happened here?
2: So they're all, they, they've already give, been given refugee status by another country. That's why they have the uh, IDs, which is an interesting, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about immigration law here. Uh, being an immigrant myself, I did a little research. Uh, but uh, they are—they were already given refugee status by another country, so that's why they have those uh, IDs. Those are part of their packages to give it, to be given that status in those countries. But what? Max,
1: so, you, do you know the specific details, details about why they're coming here? Uh, Just economic
2: migration? I, I mean, so things are economically—they're pretty bad in a lot of places in South America. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Haitians actually stayed in Mexico, for example, and a lot of them were giving, given the refugee status in Mexico. Um, after Trump lost the elections and after Biden came into power, there, there, there was a, a massive kind of like a spike in chatter and conversations in some of these Facebook groups attached to the migrant caravan groups that are out there. That's how they communicate. And the main narrative that was pushed forth is that the doors are open. Come now. You were saying before the
3: show, there's like massive networks of Facebook groups that are all like organized just to get people across yeah. the board. Yeah.
2: And it's uh, interesting. I mean, they're kind of automated. Like as soon as something changes or shifts, like that, oh, uh, don't go to Tijuana this time. Go to go through Texas. Uh, don't go to don't, don't go through California. Go to Texas now.
1: That's modern warfare. Yeah. Having a bunch of network groups automated to tell people. You know, oh, hey, now, now, like to push a a message that triggers a reaction. And then what happens is you got to think about fourth and fifth generation of warfare, which you cite very often. But in today's day and age, you you, you can't send a plane with a bomber. You can't send a fighter. You're going to spark an actual hot kinetic war, but you can send disruptive forces. You can, you can disrupt local economies. You can spread political ideology or you can create a migrant crisis, which exhausts our resources.
2: Um, you, you see. Uh, script being handed out to these people as far as what they need to be, what they need to say. They, you see, um, advice to people, oh, if you can't make the trip, but you have young children, have your children make the trip for you. So you can, they later, they can later on claim you and chain migration can, wow. can, can have. How's chain migration work? Uh, if I'm, uh, you know, if I get, get granted citizenship, I can then ask for my parents to be also be granted, uh, you know. So uh,
1: you can sponsor people? So if you, uh, uh, as, a, as a legal citizen, right, let's say you know somebody who lives in the Philippines. You could sponsor them and assume, I think it's 10 years of, of financial liability for the individual. And it, uh, it makes it substantially easier for them to come. Not perfectly easy, but substantially easier for them. Right. So you get these kids that'll come. The, the parents will bring their kids. Once the kids are old enough, they say, I sponsor my parents. If, if the person who sponsored accrues any public debt, then the person who sponsored them has to pay for it. So you basically can just, is it easier to sponsor family than friends? Yeah. 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 It's hard to sponsor friends.
2: And, and a lot of these kids that you see on the border that are being smuggled over, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not voluntarily taking the trip, you know? Um, there's a few videos out there. I've actually posted some of the, those videos on my, on my Instagram account, which shows them they are clearly being, I mean, uh, we had some medical professionals comment on there. I don't know. Uh, that's on my, not my field, but I'm actually experiencing people under the effects of, Things like Rohypnol. Mm. You know. Wow, mm-hmm. what's it called? Roofie. Rufy? Uh, oh, Wow, yeah. I've, been, I've seen people under the, the effects of that with the lack, lack of dilation.
1: So, so why why do you think this weird stuff is happening? Where they're giving out scripts and they're sending out these mass messages? I
2: mean, it's uh, it seems to be like an organized attempt on 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 just moving a bunch of people into this country. That's it's and and when I say organized attempt, um, I was in Tijuana for the first caravan when it hit there. And it was a, it's clearly organized. People are being transported. Organizers were being paid in dollars. Um, the camps were being set up in certain places and were being completely supplied and funded by people from California driving down and giving them supplies. Um, with this current version of it, you see, um, you see people waiting on the other side of the border for some of these people as soon as they cross and getting basically distributed across the country. Um, you see people on the southern border of mexico uh, as soon as they cross basically ca- ca- catch them with buses and organizing their transport on the way up so there's a logistic there's a whole it's a whole logistical process that's being organized by somebody
3: are they bringing them from south america or are they there waiting to catch them when they enter mexico i mean they they, they are basically the, the the whole advice that they're given on some of these social media groups
2: is to amass or organizing groups it's safer for them right uh, different than it was with the last Honduran kind of mostly Honduran uh, migrant caravan. One of the reasons they avoided going to through the central part of Mexico into Texas was because most of the members of this caravan were actually 18 Street gang members, which traditionally have a rivalry with the 13 uh, Mara Salvatrucha people. So that's why they went all the way to, 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 to through through California wow. to avoid. That. Interesting. <laughs> wow. and, and, but these guys are Haitians, so they don't have that that problem. Well, Chilean Haitians. they don't have that problem, so they, that's why they went through straight straight into in, into that uh, that
1: spot. I mean, I, that's, any ideas why they're trying to get all these people to come to the U.S.? I mean, I know the people on the internet have a lot of ideas.
2: I mean, it's a it's a it's an interesting way of disrupting your you know your economies, I mean, or I mean it's I mean if you have you have enemies abroad, you know you have you have people. Um, sending chemists to show cartel groups how to make fentanyl in yeah. Mexico. You know, you have, uh, fentanyl-laced heroin exploding all across this country and it's being produced in Mexico. Uh, and you have a cartel group in Mexico that is a, that grew exponentially during the COVID epidemic. And the only reason it did so was because it had access to the Pacific side seaports and an open relationship with a supplier from China.
1: So I don't. That's what I was going to ask China. Seems obvious.
2: It's, it's pretty. A lot of people in Mexico that observe these things closely, and I and I have a lot of friends that are still active.
1: It's it sort it sort of feels more and more like China planned our downfall fifty years ago, and we're like catching it at the last minute. It's too late.
2: It's I mean for 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 for, for my, my experience now, looking at some of these things progressing, you see this uh, you see this new cartel down there, the, cart, the uh, cartel de Jalisco de nueva generación, the New Generation cartel. Um, A lot of videos on them on social media where they have all this military equipment and they're raising their rifles and stuff like that. Um, They they, they are expanding like at a dramatic rate across the country, and people don't realize they can't figure out how it is possible for these groups to be expanding. And they're like, "Well, I mean, they're they're a violent group, and they have connections in Mexico. and Mexico, they're they have they're obviously a proxy group for somebody externally." And then you realize that on the state state side. These criminal groups are using Chinese banking apps to hide their money to send back to Mexico. <laughs> right? So, wow! Nice. And also fentanyl, just just the massive amounts of fentanyl being brought into Mexico and now being produced in Mexico. Um, people say, oh, criminal groups in China are, 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 are smuggling it out. There, that's not how China works. You know, that, that there's not a secret Chinese criminal enterprise that doesn't doesn't uh t- t- talk to the government out there right you know it's if it's coming out of china you know it's chinese state knows about it you know yeah
5: with the lucky land slut, you can get lucky just about anywhere
4: this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky
5: Play for free at Luckylands.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Um legalized weed brought fields of classically planted marijuana fields turn into poppy fields in Mexico. Whoa. And somebody figured
1: that that. So we got to legalize uh, opiates now, so, so that the fields will turn into <laughs> what? Like, I mean, so meth labs. The,
2: so that, the heroin out there is not that strong, not like the Afghani stuff.
3: So they laced it with fentanyl. Wow. So yeah. they legalized weed in Mexico, and then they started planting opiate. A, as soon as you poppy saw the
2: legalization of uh, weed in California, some yes. of the some of the crops changed into poppy. And this is around oh. the time of the prescription opiate epidemic, and how it was kind of waning down. And they were ready for something else, and that something else was fentanyl laced heroin and Now the new thing is bogus pain medication laced with fentanyl oh, so now you 're finding weird pain press uh, pill presses in Mexico, and they're manufacturing okay. something that looks like a but this this is killing their own customers that is the suspicious part of it, yeah classically cartels didn't react behave that way seen a law cartel wouldn't behave that way right, but this is a new breed of militarized narco-insurgency that is probably a proxy group of somebody outside of the country. China? I don't know. That's yeah. the Opium
3: Wars. <laughs> Come I, they, on, who else would it be? They, they play the long game, yeah. and I mean, the Opium Wars technically ended uh,
1: 170 years ago, but I don't think they ever ended. They want to get back, you know? Yeah, but, I heard that with Afghanistan that the Taliban shut down the, the poppy fields, but then as soon as we came back in, we started them back up. I don't, is that true? I don't know if that's true. I, but
2: I, I, don't, I don't have any experience in the Middle East. I do have friends that were out there and they say that you know that was part of part of the the actions in the of the u s and Afghanistan was to protect some of those fields
3: wow there's images of American troops in poppy fields. I imagine that they were real i don't, I don't know uh, now
1: you you mentioned that uh, when uh, legalized marijuana came to the states, a lot of these fields turned to poppy. I was down in Mexico uh, this is almost two years ago now, and I heard from a lot of people that when Mar- marijuana became legal and they couldn't make money off it. They started just hijacking avocado companies.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. true? That, that's a bit, but, well, not, not just, uh, hijacking, but, uh, paid protection. So, uh, Mexico has, uh, Mexico has cartel groups, not just one. They have several. They have a few big ones. Uh, but one of the ways they operate and one of the ways they make money is not just selling drugs or trafficking drugs to the U.S. They also control a large, local, giant drug market. And, uh, abductions for ransom, and uh, paid protection rackets. We recently had somebody get a pipe bomb for their birthday because he refused to pay for protection in in the state of Guanajuato. Protection from them.
4: From the cartel, From themselves.
2: Yeah. Um, So what you saw with some of these avocado orchards and some of the uh, auto-defensas or the self-defense groups that grew out of some of these conflicts uh, out there, uh, they would go to an avocado orchard. See, avocados in Mexico and the, the industry around them are just multi-million-dollar industry. They
1: grow on trees, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But know,
2: there's like a lot of them down
4: there. Wow. Dude.
0: And
2: and they I said, I would "Love to have an avocado tree. That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty great." <laughs> uh, uh, they uh, they said, "Oh, this, this is a good you know business you have here. Um, it would be a shame if somebody you know burned it all down or abducted you. So give give us give us money to protect you. Mm-hmm. That's how it works." Um,
1: and the cops, there's no cops.
2: There's no, uh, the, the, the cartels are the police. So, I mean, that's, that, in some, in some areas in Mexico.
1: So, what's the difference? They come to you and say, if you don't pay up, we'll, we'll drag you out of your house at gunpoint. Sounds the same here, you know, pay taxes and, no, I'm kidding, not paying taxes in the U.S. is a civil violation, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, it, let me ask you though, if, if the, if the cartel shows up and says, you're gonna pay us to protect you, and you say, okay, here's the money, They'll actually protect you from criminals and-
2: Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, uh, I had this surreal experience of driving in a, in a, on a road in Sinaloa that was better than- that was cartel made better than the- than the, <laughs> than the public roads, right? Of course. So, uh, during the COVID epidemic, you, on the news, all you would- uh, not even on the news, just the social media, you would see the cartels handing out supplies to people, you know? You would see cartels enforcing mask mandates in some places. <laughs> If we find you without a mask outside, we'll, we'll oh, go we'll get you we'll get you with a board. Right? Wow. Uh, that's so, one way to enforce a mandate. So, so <laughs> they, so they, in a lot of ways, they are the government in some places. Yeah. I mean, there's no fly zones over some cities because they will put down your helicopter. Right? Wow. So, yes, they, and, and that's that's the thing with Mexico and in the U.S. as well. The U.S. refuses to recognize that its neighbor is not governed by a single entity. I mean, not publicly. It doesn't say it. It refuses to recognize that Mexico doesn't have a crime problem and has an insurgency problem. And it's not fighting an insurgency group. It's fighting several narco-insurgencies, which meet every single part of a definition of a terrorist group. I mean, if somebody sends you a pipe bomb for your birthday, yeah, what is that group doing? If yeah. Somebody, you if you don't pay your taxes, terrible.
1: that won't happen. So You get a knock on the door and some guy in a suit will be like, you need to pay your taxes. And you'll be like, okay, I'm I mean, taking you to court. Okay.
2: I mean, uh, the amount uh, – I think Jalisco alone has somewhere around 10,000 people that are missing or or bodies that were found in clandestine graves. So it's mass graves are found in Mexico. Wow.
1: So – Because of cartels specifically?
3: I mean, who, yeah, cartel specific. You were talking <laughs> earlier about the Juarez killing fields. I've yeah. never heard of these until. Can you explain what those are a little bit?
2: Uh It's a phenomenon that happened in Juarez back in the early 2000s where, you know, basically women were found murdered, raped, and ritualistically killed in a lot of parts in the desert on mm-hmm. Juarez, mostly women that worked in some of the maquiladoras, basically the large industrial plants that work out there. Um, a lot of weird rumors around it, you know. Um There was a lot of, a lot of the media and the government in Mexico was saying it was cartel related because that's the easiest thing to say. Oh, somebody died? Somebody was killed? Uh, He's probably involved in the cartels. That's the way that you just get rid of. Easy out. 90% of most of, over 90% of all murders in Mexico are never solved. So, you know, it's a perfect place
3: for, for that. At what point does a, a gang become a cartel? Like what's the difference really?
2: Uh, I mean, a cartel specifically, if you're a large enough group where you have influences and or, fear on behalf of the police towards you yeah you're 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 a criminal enterprise if you have uh if you tax people to start their businesses where you uh control if you are control of a drug route up into the united states
1: or if you traffic drugs yourself i think you're kind of there Uh, i i I guess the, the well the definition of a cartel has to do with with merchandising manufacturing and distribution so i guess if you're going back to like the old trope of the mafia that was just the local group being like, you're going to pay us, so we're going to smash your face up, we'll protect you. You know, protection racket, that's more like mob stuff. But uh, with the cartels, it's specifically around the products and the manufacturing yeah. and the distribution. So yeah. I guess a lot for a lot of drugs.
2: I think specifically I, one thing I've always tried to do is just tell people to realize that these guys are defining themselves now. I mean, it's a whole new definition. Uh, you, you have a country like the U.S. that wants to not label them no terrorist organization, uh, probably because of immigration.
1: Well, Trump wanted to send the army down.
2: Remember that? Yeah, but it it was—I think it was a a pressure thing they did to Mexico to try to get them to enforce their own borders. Right. So, I think the only reason why you won't label them uh, uh, the cartels a terrorist organization is because now people fleeing from Mexico have a legal claim to asylum, because now they're leaving a a terrorist group that the U.S. in some way, Uh, shape, or form. You know. But the the reality is,
3: if they if they are acting like a terrorist group, then those people really are fleeing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's whole towns, ghost towns in Mexico,
2: people that fled cartel terrorism, basically. That people that go well, into
1: th- this is crazy to me. Like, is, it's self-destructive. Why, I mean, why would the cartels do something that would negatively impact the economy that would that they want to benefit from?
2: I, I, yeah. Again, this is the, so these groups uh, get formed, grow, leadership gets killed, one cartel turns into two. A um, forty-year-old uh, cartel head is now a twenty-five-year-old guy mm-hmm. after the other guy got kill- got killed, and it's it's a cha- it's a chaotic it's so a chaotic thing.
1: We 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 talk a lot about the, the COVID stuff, and uh, not so I I don't want to get into specifics of COVID, but basically like a virus. We've talked about how Ebola is a bad virus in that it's so extreme that people become debilitated or get quarantined or noticeably sick, and that limits the ability for it to spread. And the the viruses that are quote unquote good or successful are the ones that your body doesn't react to, so the virus infects every single human possible and flourishes and lives on because it's not causing too much damage. I think about these cartels and I'm like, if you've got a town and people are doing stuff, you can extract, you can steal from those people, but there's a fine line, right? Yeah. It's, it's the goose that it's it's killing the goose that lays the golden egg, and so you eventually find out. You know, th- this story reminds me of, or, or like is, is similar, I guess, to the, to like the virus. They become so extreme. They burn out the area, cause everyone to flee, and then there's nothing left to get, and then they have to leave. There's nothing yeah. there for any, for yeah. them anymore.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, the, Sinaloa, the state of Sinaloa and Culiacán specifically is a pretty good example of the, of, you know, how some of these cartels c- classically operate. Um, the Mexican president went to Sinaloa and shook hands with El Chapo's mom and talked to his lawyer. And then later, a few years later, two years later, he went and did a meeting with the local, poppy and weed growers like this televised with the with the head of the the of the of the secure of the army next to him and said people are bringing fentanyl from china and all these chemicals like what about the poppy field growers and what about the weed growers like what about us we need need to support the local (laughs) comics right so they, that's uh, great. Which president was it? This is uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Uh, really yeah, wow. Yeah. Him, huh? Yeah. He's a he's a pro Maduro, pro Venezuela yep. guy. He's to the he's way to the left.
1: Oh um, I heard that he does these things in the morning where he comes out into his balcony and like starts yelling to the people. Is uh, that he,
2: true? <laughs> that's uh, he does that every <laughs> Mexican Independence Day. Oh. What he does is a thing called the, Los Mañaneros, which is basically goes on a rant for about an hour uh, of different subjects. You know, the last one was he was demanding to. For to Spain to to apologize for for con- the conquest, you know. What? When? Wow. Kind of, when I mean it's, I mean most Mexicans are a mixture of native and Spanish. We're all kind of mixed, you know. It's yeah. Like it's, it's 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 a weird thing to <laughs> kind of focus
1: on when the country's burning, you know. Mm. So let me ask you about the border, man. Um, when you heard this this large man with orange skin and swirly blonde hair say, "Build a wall." Yeah, what was your initial reaction with your experience being on the border?
2: Uh, uh, the 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 fence because it was a fence, not a wall. <laughs> uh, the 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 fence had already been built up and was already kind of highly secure in places like the border between Tijuana and San Diego. And drug prices, specifically cocaine, have been stable for thirty years. So it means that that doesn't <laughs> realistically, as yeah, far well, as a safety feature for the United States, counter narcotic feature or safety to keep the bad people out
1: isn't there like a point where the fe- the fence just goes to the water and you can just go around it yes yes
2: there is and there's always a but there's a bunch of border <laughs> patrol there and you know they'll they'll tackle you if you if you try it well, they'll throw you back on the other side or what no they'll, they'll they'll tackle you they'll put you in a processing center and then put you on a bus and they'll be walked across San Ysidro probably in a few like right now the way things are like it's the next day i think
1: you know doesn't, doesn't that seem insane that, like you're on one side of the fence and you walk over and they grab you and then do all of this crazy administrative work instead of just pushing you back and back, get it. Yeah, no, no. They just
2: <laughs> want to grab you and process you and then send you back, which is an amazing drain of resources. Right. Um, another thing, like right now during the, the whole Haitian uh, push into the U.S., um, a lot of the, 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 the checkpoints around the area that were usually manned for counter-narcotic interdiction stuff, completely abandoned. And you, you, you hear chatter on the southern side of the border with some of the guys that are, you know, crossing the border not to migrate but to, with loads on their backs. It's Christmas.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So U.S. Border Patrol is not manning these…
2: U.S. Border Patrol abandoned most of their posts, uh, sp- specifically some of their, you know, some of their uh, roadblocks that they have and also some of the, uh, the, the counter-narcotic interdiction stuff that the, that they usually do in some places. Uh, a lot of these places where ghost towns are abandoned because they were all concentrated on that specific, uh, border a- area. Uh, and also just hearing some of the conversations and hearing some of the people that I used to work with south, on the, on the south side of the border, they're all saying it's Chris, it's not be that it's Christmas, you know? Are they, the um, cats are away. Are they walking across
3: the border? Are they going through tunnels? Are they sending drones all across?
2: Of it. all of it. Uh, 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 Is this, I, I found one of the first drones that ever crashed in Tijuana when I was oh, active. Wow. I Is was this? A, just Is this picture. the
1: Biden administration
2: or just what I mean,
1: the borders open,
2: the borders open, the borders open and also these massive immigration um, influxes into the United States put every single most of your already outstretched resources into a single spot, which means it's Christmas for trafficking
5: everywhere
0: else. Yeah.
2: Bullets and guns from the north to the from the north to the south and cash.
0: 18 plus. 18 plus this country is being strangled out yeah
1: strangled Um, slow slow demise is a pillow over the face of america right now
2: and uh again it's it's this border this border crisis is making millions and millions of dollars for people that are just waiting for the cat to go you know to be busy somewhere else you know this is tunnels there's somewhere i mean conversation somewhere over 50 to 60 active tunnels on the border um, I talked about fully submersibles way back in the day. Nobody believed me about those. Those have where, where already been found. Wait, uh, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. They're using submarines to smuggle stuff and people and,
2: uh, st- uh, drugs. Drugs. They, you wouldn't use something as valuable as a fully submersible submarine for people because then the people have a tendency to talk, you know? Mm, yeah. oh, I right. came here in a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, fully submersibles, uh, drones, uh, like squadron of drones, um, catapults, small. Cat- Caterp- oh, I
1: heard these stories. They tre- launch them over the... Trebuchets. That's, <laughs> that's the first time.
2: I, I, when I saw one, I saw one in Mexicali. And I saw it and I was like, that's a trebuchet. Like, <laughs> how do you know that word? I watched the KPBS uh, one. <laughs> I think I learned about them.
1: And so they're flinging drugs over. They
2: fling drug loads over. The uh, RC cars, electric control oh, remote yeah. cars, RC cars just speed out there. Uh, drones, tunnels, um, people that have uh, border crossing cards. Like uh, There's a sentry program in place like, uh, places like Baja where people that cross the border regularly get uh, extra verified by the U.S. Uh, and uh, cartels are aware of this. So they see, oh, you're a sentry pass guy. Let me put some load on the bottom of your car because you're already a trusted traveler. And wow. that's an easy way to get drugs into the country.
1: It's like that thing that kids do. When you're like shopping at a Seven Eleven, and then your friend puts a candy bar in your hood so you don't know it's happening, and you walk just like normally out of the store and you act, not acting suspicious, and yeah. the kid walks up and it's like, yeah,
2: yeah, that only with a you know key of Coke, <laughs> 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 you know that, that, that happens a lot on the border. Basically, a kilogram
1: of Coca Cola, yeah, just a two liter, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: some booger yeah. sugar. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a classic story that a lot of people get caught like that, and it's again these guys are just looking for holes in the already hole-written wall. Um, so Trump was right? He was right about what? The, the securing wall. the border in general. I mean, securing the
1: border... Uh, uh, specifically, you, uh, uh, so what you're saying is Trump uh, is correct and we should build a big, beautiful 30-foot concrete wall from sea to shining sea?
2: I mean, I, I think a wall is not feasible. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I decided, I, I think but I mean, like, feasible. in terms
1: of, like, focusing on the borders and saying, we've yeah. got serious problems here. Yeah, so...
2: so there's serious problems with things coming from the U.S. into Mexico. That's part of the issue. It's not just things coming. into Oh, well, the,
1: what's happening the other way? Uh, bullets,
2: bullets, guns. Mm, right. right.
3: Uh,
1: uh, well, to be fair, Obama gave those people those guns, so that was a, that was a fair deal.
3: That's the Fast and Furious <laughs> program. <laughs> it was yeah, bad. That's but, like CIA delivering weapons to. I mean, cortiles, I, I, I don't know.
2: I don't know a lot about the Fast and Furious on the U.S. side. I just know it was a program started by the Bush administration specifically, and then continuing on with the Obama administration. Uh two of my friends were killed by some of those guns. Mm. Wow. F N five seven pistols. One of them was coming out of his house with uh his daughter in the backseat and his wife uh he him and his wife got killed and the daughter lost an arm. Um oh my gosh. the kids that shot them um had F and five 57 pistols, uh, 18 and 19-year-olds.
1: You worked for... You, you, you were working border security for Mexico, though.
2: I was I was not working border security. I was working generalized regional security, basically. But a lot of our work was basically working against people that were trying to get stuff through the border
1: or trying to get things from the U.S. into. H- how does that work with the cartels then, right? Because the government's certainly not in complete control.
2: No. Uh, okay. I mean... There's, there's, there's really, realistically, there's no border security in in Mexico. There's, there's a, there's a place where people cross by, and there's border agents, but they're looking for taxable goods. They're not looking for. Every now and then, they'll get contraband. People trying to smuggle guns or bullets in. Uh, but they're really, realistically, not looking to secure the border on the Mexican side. Um, and the government itself has a case of amnesia every six years when the new president comes in. Everything gets, you know, all of this that was successful, this was failure. Everything's bad get rid of all of it i'm gonna start this new thing and they just change the name of the police change the uniform and same corrupt people it's come just, in not, yeah they're in on yeah.
1: that why give up it's cash yeah all their pockets are getting greased right
2: that's the thing and it's i mean I, I went through two uh terms of that basically 12 years working down there it's unwinnable do
3: you think there's any value to the u.s and, and of mexico and the u.s of america to become one country
2: the whole concept of a, of an American, a North American union. Well, I mean, I, I think the U.S. needs to realize, I mean, I hear a lot of people just close the border, you know, just, just pull the wall, close the border. That's our second largest trade partner, right? Uh, we,
1: we, we could, however, if we annex Canada and Mexico, can script the Canadians to fight the cartels for yeah, us. Yeah,
2: sure. Just send them down there. To Put down the FN
1: 570, <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know?
2: That's probably, <laughs> well, it's another funny thing when the uh when, when trump was in the in presidency and the the, the the border was you know a bit harder to get across um cartel got, uh, uh people smugglers would just fly people to canada
5: oh <laughs> really <laughs> yeah
2: that was like a that was a one of the ways they would just fly people to canada and they just walk, walk down you know That's clever okay. there there
1: there are places in canada where you can see these videos on reddit where it's like there'll be like a teenager Standing in between, it'll be like U.S. Canadian border, and it's just like a, it's like a, a, a chain link, you know, like a, like a chain going across like two orange posts, and there's no one anywhere near it. Yeah. There, there's one part where I think it's in Minnesota, where it's the honor system. You drive in, pull up to a booth, go up to the booth, like it's like a, a little shack. You go inside, pick up the phone, and say hi. And you give me your name, and say I'm entering the country, and say okay, thank you, and then you hang up, and then you. That's Drive. beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that will never happen, I think, on the southern border. But it's an interesting thing. I mean, I mean it feels like it's
1: worse. Well, people I, just walking through. <laughs> like they don't even have the phone call. They don't have a
2: phone call. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's our, there, there's videos. Uh, there's trail videos and, and and rancher videos in Texas of just guys and with AKs on their backs and dressed in like camo uh, and stuff like that from cartel groups, basically, armed cartel groups in texas just you know moving around and just coming back and what what if
1: what if like what if somebody has property up against the border and then they see some dude with like an ak coming from the border crossing onto their property i mean do they have a right to defend their property and stop this guy is like i mean i I
2: think they do have a right to defend their their property and they have the means if they're in texas the problem is that these people can get to you yeah these people have a reach and and their reach isn't dependent on them crossing the border uh another weird myth that Mex- that Americans have is that ah oh, we don't want th- they're coming into this country they want the cartels here they're they're coming they have been here for years yeah they have they have uh blood ties into in this country they have they're bl- in the military they're in the military yeah. they're in the yeah. border patrol they're in uh they're in politics apparently you know they're everywhere. They're, pro- they're everywhere um and uh you you you, you, you this this border, this border the, the border fence and the border itself, uh, they, they crossed it years back. And it's places place like Chicago, places place like L.A. Um, when they legalized weed, uh, some of these groups had already gone into the, you know, they were already producing weed, right? So they went into the legal weed and the legal weed industry. They, they did both. They were growing illegal weed in federal lands on the U.S. side. Wow. So... That the, the, they they are here. Like a, a lot, I hear a lot of people talking about military intervention in Mexico. It's not Afghanistan. It's not Iran. And it's not Iraq. It's right there. And also, it's right here. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's it, if if that happens, it's an interesting. It's going to be an interesting conflict because. I don't think it's uh, going to be like any conflict this country has ever fought. Specifically, it's going to be really close. I
1: mean, they have they have presence uh, uh, these many of these cartels have a presence in the, all the big cities. Yeah. I know there's like graffiti all over Chicago. In New York, there was some big story 10 years ago about MS13 like operating in New York City. Yeah. So, yeah, man.
2: I mean, it's 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 scary. Um and also the fact that uh you know, Mexico has a lot of problems, but it also has a lot of resources. Right. Yeah. Including the, one of the largest mineable lithium, lithium deposits on the planet. Really? Yeah. It's Are a, they
1: mining a, it? And there should, was they a, just splash water on it.
2: Well, there was a, there was a, there was a Canadian company owned by China that wanted to buy some of those mining rights. And that ended pretty quickly. Yeah. And then right around the area where that, some of this stuff is, is where the Mormon massacre happened down there, which is oh, yeah. an interesting coincidence. When was that? Ah, oh, that was about two years ago. Yeah. Recent. Um, so, which is
1: crazy because isn't that a Star Trek episode? What, what? They, that like Mormons from Earth go find another planet, and then like an alien race kills them, and there's an incident where they go and investigate them. This Mormon massacre. Are we talking
2: about Next Generation?
1: Next Generation, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've
2: been thinking about that show today. Yeah, I, I was into that when I was a kid. I'm sorry. So you're getting, <laughs> <Who> getting me. <laughs>
1: Who would you be? If Maybe you were I'm misremembering. What? Riker.
2: Riker, yeah, you look <laughs> like him too. Riker, all the way. Number one. Riker, and I would get some
3: of the, uh, data arms, you know,
2: just <laughs> crush people oh, all the
4: okay.
3: time. <laughs> oh I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm confirming what you were talking about, the lithium mine in Sonora, largest deposit with, uh, proven and probable reserves, reserves of 243.8 million tons of probable reserves, about four and a half million tons of lithium oh. as of 2019. If
2: the U.S. actually goes in there and into Mexico, I think it's not going to be about regime change or cartels or terrorism. It's going to be about
3: making batteries. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever put water on lithium? No, I think I've seen it happen. It explodes, right?
1: Yeah, the uh, it rips the hydrogen out of the water, I guess, or no, or, or the oxygen out. I can't remember. That's and exciting. then it heats up really, really quickly and starts on fire. That's it the craziest thing, splashing water, starts on fire. Yeah, it's incredible. But this is that like great too, school, high school science class stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah,
2: every now and then you'll see somebody with a smartphone with an old battery. Boom. Boom.
1: So, when you were doing security, you're out on the border, and you, you're, you're, are you spending a lot of time out in the middle of nowhere in the desert and stuff?
2: Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. You ever seen any aliens? <laughs> I saw a few U.S. drones flying places
1: where they shouldn't be flying. <laughs> I, was only, I was only, I was only half kidding. What I want to say is like, have you experienced like weird things? Out creepy on the things? Board. Yeah, I, I assume the answer is yes, right? But so, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make this like, obviously like Bigfoot or Chupacabra. No, I mean like, literally like, have, have there been like weird people? Have you like yeah. seen operations happening? Uh, and weird stuff like yeah. aliens?
2: Yeah. Um, Weird calls from high up people, you know, uh, telling us to, you know, deliver certain people that sh- shouldn't be arrested. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, corruption ha- c- corruption of some sort, but on both sides, because or undercover operations could be. Yeah. Know, who knows? Uh, seeing uh, seeing armed Americans in Mexico working. And, whoa, the, yeah, Mexi- Americans working in Mexico armed. That's, that's a thing.
1: So. I've, I've heard stories that uh, – there was one story I was reading about – I don't know if you read this one. Like a journalist went to El Chapo's house or whatever. Do you ever hear this one? I think this, is, this, this may have been Vice. It's been a long time. But apparently like uh, – may, maybe maybe this is top, maybe this is confidential information. I can't remember. Anyway, but he was working with Americans. His security sure. were all North American accent guys, like top level, former military, stuff like that. Uh, uh,
2: the new generation cartel has a training camp somewhere in 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 Jalisco and American SF something or other has trained them so I don't know if it's an official it can't be an official capacity but some sort of former military specialized training that's what you see out there
3: um, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky? in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office Plus. Has there ever been a moment where you were like,
1: crap, your pants scared, seeing something? A uh, Geiger counter being put into a drug tunnel. Yeah, what was, was up w- with that? And it went off like crazy or what? No,
2: but just the fact that they were testing the Geiger counter on, uh, on drug tunnels was weird, you know? I was French like, uh, like I knew what a Geiger counter was, and I was like, wait, like, w- is this some Jack Bauer... <laughs> shit going on yeah.
1: smuggling in was
2: who was putting the geiger counter in there uh, we just heard it so usually when you would find something like that you would get somebody on the u.s side coming down into it to verify where it you know verify the the exit point or sometimes on the mexican side would go down into it and we're like hey we found something we're gonna walk and then we're gonna ping you to see where, where it leads you know the military would usually do that uh but experience some of that and actually seeing somebody we heard the geiger counter i was like should we not be here? That was like a weird, unknown thing. I mean, I guess the worry by the U.S. government. Somebody might kind of put
3: a nuke into the country like that.
2: I don't know. I experienced that once, and that was kind of like, like
3: creepy. How is it that there are all these tunnels that they know about, and they're still there, that they haven't like buried them? Uh, like who knows about them? Well, you just said there were like 80 or some that we know about. No, I mean, p-
2: people talk about somewhere along the lines of 50 to 60 active tunnels on the border. And if they know, I mean, they know they're somewhere. They just don't know how oh. to find them or they know how to find them, but they won't do anything to you, find them. Maybe. I what, don't know.
1: what if we did a moat and filled it with alligators? Yes. OK. I read once in the news Good. that Donald Trump suggested that.
2: Alligator moat. I yeah, think, I think uh, it's going to be expensive feeding all those alligators. Feed the alligators. No, also Mexicans have a tendency to make stuff out of alligators. Alligator <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> hunting grounds. Can't do that. So, there I mean, was there was a story where case. they claimed that Trump suggested <laughs> building an alligator moat. Yeah, it's that's insane. True. Was that the no? Was that the <laughs> Bee? was that real? No. Beer? Like, no, real. Like, yeah, but they just make stuff up. They just make stuff up. Yeah. I mean, a mo- Trump could nudge, nudge as a joke and be like, you know, what we need is some alligators in a mud." right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. And they'd be like, he said He's it. He said it. His road. Road. Yeah. He said
2: it was a alligator mo- <laughs> Um It's, it's, I mean, it's a complicated issue. Um, the, the, there's no way you can make that the from sea to shine and see a border wall. Yeah. I mean, well, the, so some, is- of, some of the new parts of the border have already, a border wall have already fallen over. You know, oh, wow.
1: Th- this is the funny thing about when Trump was like, when he wanted concrete, the The border patrol agents were like, we need to see on the other side. Yeah,
2: we need to be able to see what's coming.
1: Yeah, and he was like, oh, okay. And so then they, they experimented with like half bollard fencing, half concrete, and they were like, you still can't see a lot of it, and then it doesn't make sense. And so they were like, just do a big multi-layered fence with patrols, and that seems to work, mm-hmm. and target key areas, and that seems to work. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of areas that's like really hard to pass anyway, yeah, right? Like yeah. mountains I mean, and rocks and water. Yeah,
2: and also, I mean... What you want if you're a smuggler is to jump over a fence and have a a population where you can blend into immediately. That's what you want. Um, Another reason why you wouldn't have a concrete border wall or just a flat steel fence like that is because wind knocks it over. That's the simple reason why that's just not feasible. Um, But even with these uh, new iron slats that they made, I mean, there's a bunch of cartel videos and just smuggling videos of them actually making their own fake fence and putting it over the real one and putting <laughs> a hinge to open it up or, or small concealed doors where they just pierce through. So they'll cut it and then replace it with a yeah. door. The door? <laughs> the door. Wow, yeah. wow man. Um, they'll door. Jump over it. Uh, r- rope ladders. Uh, you name it, they, they do it. It's 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 interesting to see that. And again, they say it's to slow people down.
1: We were, we were We were talking before about you were doing trainings on occult stuff. Yeah. So... There's actually a position in which they're like, you need to explain to these agents a cult ideology or, like, symbolism or –
2: There's uh, law enforcement every now and then reaches out. Um, I mean, agencies, local, state, and federal sometimes reach out with questions and, and, uh, like, do a lot of consultation um, related to them finding a safe house somewhere. And I don't know, like, the I can talk about some of these, but, you know, somewhere on the East Coast they found this house with a bunch of cartel stuff in it um uh, guns plate armor uh with a certain type of setup and a giant santa muerte statue uh santa muerte is uh, basically uh it's a uh, in mexico they they venerate death uh, yeah. as a as a deity so uh a giant uh, reaper statue in a place and it had certain colors the candles were a certain way there was a plate with certain offerings and uh you know five federal agents that are uh, caucasian from you know that have no idea what they're looking at are now asking me like what does this mean um and i was exposed to a lot of this stuff growing up in mexico and also you know being part of some of that going through my training and then arresting people that are part of the cult and also just going and doing my research out there um so they ask questions like what do these candles mean or what does it mean if it's this color or the the the, the statue was a black statue it wasn't sometimes you find them in rainbow colors or red or yellow rainbow death rainbow death huh. basically if you want to cover all your your bases it's you like know, an lgbt love. death it? well
1: it's <laughs> a, oh, I mean that for real like. <laughs>
2: well I mean, it's uh if you have money problems love problems if you want to kill somebody and you don't want to get killed back and you want uh to have uh luck in a future endeavor you go for a rainbow statue because nice. it covers all your bases yeah really yeah But if you want to, you know, if you're in the profession of death dealing, in which some of these people are basically consider themselves agents of death,
4: Mm.
2: you have a black statue because she gives you the authority to kill other people and you're under her protection. So small insights like that is what it provides to some law enforcement professionals out there that are finding some of these things and don't know what they mean.
3: Yeah. Do you think that they're using them just to scare other people or that they
2: really believe? I mean, I know it's speculation. It's a belief. It's mm. a belief. And it's not just the cartels. I mean, it's in the, I mean, I, I was exposed to some of it in the police forces as a hazing ri- hazing rituals. And it's like uh, some of the people that I used to work with were part of the cult as well. Um, it's like it's, like, it's like spread out. Uh, it's, it's a desperate place. It's one of the most Catholic countries in the world. And some of these things just thrive in places like that. Uh, they have Santa Muerte, which is a death deity, they have uh, Malverde, which is like a Mexican Robin Hood. The dude that uh, used to rob the rich and would give the money to the poor he was hanged, and they didn't allow him to bury his body, but where his body eventually rotted away and landed, they put a bunch of rocks there and they started venerating him as a saint and you know there's a there's a there's a shrine to him in Sinaloa. you go there and you see pictures of people with their you know new raptors in the states you know. Like, thank you for letting me cross and I just came back to repay you, 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 what you did for me or wow. somebody with a gold AK somewhere, you know, like this, you oh know? My gosh. Wow. So people, it's a, it's a belief system. So a lot of this is actually being brought with people stateside. So there's like a Santa Marta church in LA. There's oh. a roadside. Every now and then you find like, I, I find like roadside graffiti and or shrines of Tumal Verde or like some of these things are like, it's here now. Does that,
1: it, does that just mean Saint Death,
2: Santa Muerte? Yeah, yeah. So the Holy, Holy Death. Death, Holy yeah. Death, the Santissima Muerte, uh, Santa Muerte, was, was the Saint of Death. Basically,
1: have you ever encountered some of these people, like in your dealing with yeah. security? Yeah, are, yeah. Do, do they come off as like weird when you're encountering them? I mean,
2: they they are realistically they're as weird as a Catholic, because it's it, it's it's basically uh, it's a concealed it's a it's concealed within Catholicism. Um, but it's basically a cult or a veneration of an Aztec death deity. That's oh, what it is.
5: It's a fusion.
2: It is the last surviving lineage of any sort of uh, Mexica or Aztec death worship in Mexico.
5: So so you're bringing in the sainthood of Catholicism and you're combining the say, the, it with, so, uh, so
2: Catholicism is basically the cloak that it has concealed itself into right. to all day. Right. right. So it, it, back in the day, it, it wasn't a public thing so you would see uh, a virgin mary statue and behind her there was a skeleton painted so that's how they wow. would hide their veneration right and even to this day um, the la virgen de guadalupe the, the virgin the, the the brown virgin that they venerate in mexico uh, the there's an eagle feathered cherub underneath her pushing her up interesting and a cherub doesn't have eagle wings uh, specifically black tip eagle wings that is the Aztec war god. And the Aztec war god was given birth to by Cuatricue, which later on turned into the holy death. Oh. So in a lot of ways, it's always been kind of concealed in plain view for people. But now it's adopted itself into being venerated by marginalized communities, criminal groups, police officers, mm. the military. You know, that is who venerates it. And its elements have cross the border and every now and then the law enforcement finds them up here and they're like what the hell are we looking at right. you know and um, you know some of the ritualized killings they do, they, they do for vi- for video purposes that they spread on social media and stuff like that
1: see that, that's a bit different from like Christians you know <laughs> but I don't i don't think we get a lot of that yeah, Alex, we, we, you get some weird stuff for sure yeah. but
3: Alex Jones was on before and talking about like these these kind of blood rituals that they would do, the Aztecs and stuff. And yeah. I looked into it, and it's called bloodletting. It's an ancient, very well-known Bloodletting is just like Cut you have like a headache, back? so oh, you drain
1: blood or something. Similar, yeah. yeah.
3: And yeah. it's like he was like, you, you put glass through your genital. And it's like, so, yeah, so that's yeah. all bloodletting. That's ancient. <laughs> so uh,
2: I went through a bunch of weird hazing rituals coming up through training, and a lot of them were done by people. So a lot of the training that I went through first was done by gaffe members. gaffe members are the people that later on turn into the Zetas. It's basically a, a, a Mexican army SF group that said, well, ah, these guys pay more. So they just huh. left the, wow. they just left the barracks and became bodyguards to so one oh, of the wow. biggest cartel heads in back then. A lot of these people, a lot of these guys were the ones that were in charge of our training and like, coming up. So they were pretty brutal in some of the training and they also introduced a few weird occult elements into some of the training we got, right? Interesting. Uh, so, uh, there was a, they would cut you to see if you would flinch. Right? So, like, uh, that they cut me with a knife right there. And there was always, you know, some sort of pain or, or just suffering of some sort to see if you were strong enough. And there was always bleeding happening. It That's, was a weird thing. So were
3: you were under, were you undercover? No, this is, this is, this is
2: this is government training That's to basic. get you into go <laughs> to work <laughs> on, on some of these things. Uh, and again, it's a, the occultist elements in that are, are everywhere like they're infused into the culture. You see them within the military, and you see them within the criminal groups. You know, um I remember the first time we went to a house and we found this giant actual human skull uh, statue. Um in the bottom of it it had a bowl and it had the picture of the guy that ran us. Or or, or the the guy one of our bosses was oh, in the bowl. And looked at it, it's like took a picture of it and sent it back. And he's like burn the house,
4: you know. Whoa. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Um you ever you ever experience anything in like pursuit of or investigation of you know some occult stuff that gave you pause or made you question? I, I mean, I, stuff real?
2: I think uh, things have a power that we give them, right? Things have a power, the power that we yeah. give them to. Uh, so specifically, I think uh, there was there was this lady who was a uh, she was pretty famous. I can't I can't say her name, but she was pretty famous for being like the head witch of of cartel people. Oh wow. And everybody feared her. Everybody feared her. She was, just, she had the, the, the mal de ojo power and right? she will, she could curse you by your sight and stuff like that. Um, when I wanted to learn more about this type of stuff for my own research and just to, to know about it to kind of gather some of this information to then kind of transfer it to people that might need it later on in life. Um, I helped out two of her sons that were in a stolen vehicle thing, right? So I, I helped them out and I told them, I just need an intro to your mom so I can, you know, talk about some of these things sure i went to her place where she would do her you know her work she's arrived in a mercedes in the back you know change it out change out of her you know, you know good clothes and put on a weird you know you know witch costume i guess lady comes in my husband is cursed and she he works for the cartels and he's cursed and i need my work done on him okay Um, I don't know the name of the demon that is placed on your husband, so I can't take this job. Slides over the $500 that she just put on the table. It's like, wow, this this is an honest witch. (laughs)
5: Yeah, wow.
2: But if things start happening at your husband's house at 3 in the morning, I think I might know the name, so come back. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as she leaves, two kids walk in with a bag full of cats. And they get tasked with going and following this lady and going to her house and dumping these cats in her backyard. <laughs> I
5: see. Okay. She
2: comes back with $5,000 oh, to get rid of this curse, or whatever this is. Um, I mean, black magic at its core is just a form of weaponized psychology, I
1: think. So this is not something that made you believe. is something that made you this like, is not believe. This is
2: something that made me respect the ability of manipulation that some human mm. beings have. And reanalyze everything I thought
1: was real. That's classic con game material. I knew a guy once, and he he had, he, he worked with a guy. And uh, when I started talking to him, he told me the story about how he lent his friend five grand. And I was like, "What? Why?" And he goes, "No, it's fine. He's he's good for it. He's paid me back before." And I'm like, "Dude, what happened?" And he's like, "Yeah, he asked to borrow five hundred bucks, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and said I'll pay you back on payday." And I lent him the money, and then sure enough, payday comes around, he paid me back no problem. And then you know he needed uh, uh, to help out. You know, he, he was trying to get married, but his family didn't approve of his wife, so he needed you know to go fly back home to China, where he could then you know sort things out of his family. And he he's got a job here. And I was like, bro, you, you just got con. He stole all your money. He's never coming back. Yeah. And that's that's what they do. You give me five hundred bucks, I wait a week, hand it right back to you. I never spent it. Yeah. That way, in a week, I can be like, hey, can you lend me f- you know five grand? You like, you know, I'll pay you back. I paid you back last time. Yeah. That's the trick. So when she's like, no, no, I can't take your money because I have to know if the demon is real. And then they go nuts on you, and then you're <laughs> like, "She was right."
2: Yeah, I something mean,
1: happened. It, it's
2: it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I, I call it I nickname Mexico the upside down. You know, like when I own here, <laughs> yeah. it's because it, it, it's, it's a different place. Uh, people don't realize how different it is. Uh, we would get numbers uh, attached to us as like like a call sign, right, or a nickname. Uh, my nickname was Escalator. You know, they call me Escalator. It's pretty skinny when I first got a out. shirt. You yeah. got like a little skeleton. There yeah, there you go, yeah. Cholino. Um, and I had a number given to me a two four, and I had an upside down four on my number and i didn 't realize it was a joke uh The joke was that my first job working was to cut people down from a bridge that were hung by cartels. Ooh, that, that wow. was one of my first jobs Yikes. and talking about some hair raising experiences uh this was pretty subtle, but it was it made me realize a few things about mexico um, We got to this place, and they had uh two or three well two and what was remaining of another one hanging from a bridge uh we got there and i got i remember going there and i got like hey bring the breaching kit which is a b- pair of bolt cutters and a thing to knock down the doors and i was like yeah we're gonna hit a house and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, son, we gonna go somewhere else oh and i got handed the bolt cutters and i didn't know what i was gonna do and i got there and i was like oh we're gonna you're, you're the one in charge cutting them ah. down i i go over they put a, a flat bag Thing on the bottom, and we just cut somebody down. And I was like, that's, that's oh, fuck, this, is, this is horrible. We, this is horrible. Older guy there smoking, uh, a guy, Jaramillo was his name. Uh, older guy smoking says, that's kind. They're, they're being kind. I was like, how is this kind? I mean, at least his family's going to have a body to cry over and bury. The body is a gift. And I was like, brutal. This is this is this is kindness here.
1: That's one I've it. heard crazy stories about what they do to people, yeah. like flaying them alive,
2: flaying them alive, explosives, put on people, uh, dragging them through a city. Uh, horrible. I mean, the videos are out there, and I, some of these. I mean, some of the afters of these, some things like um, there was a guy, Posoleta, was a stew maker in Tijuana. As uh, he never killed anybody, but he said that he learned from Israeli specialists how to get rid of bodies. And he got rid of bodies at an industrial level Whoa. with caustic soda. Oh, wow. And like uh, uh, one of my guys ran through a field once and got a, his foot inside of one of the pits where he would dump things. And he got. He had to go to the hospital for chemical stuff. And wow. also, the hole exposed the smell, oh, no. which is, to this day, I can you know i can't go to korean barbecue places because it just freaks me out.
1: People people Jeez. in the United States don't do not realize how good no. they have it.
2: They 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 don't they don't they do not only really realize how good they have it up here. They don't realize how some of this is also starting to pop up up yeah. here. Yeah. And so you, also and also how some of this stuff affects uh, some of the stuff that happens
1: down there affects up here directly. You were saying before the show when we were talking that like 90% of murders are unsolved in Mexico. Over
2: 90%. Yeah. And so i mean it's a, it's a imagine that
1: i read this crazy story for our um more attentive listeners you, you may have heard me say it i, was, I think i was reading it on like reddit this young woman was at a bar i think it was in austin or whatever and she was with her boyfriend and like two of his friends so it's like three guys and a chick they walk out of the bar and she's like 10 or 15 feet behind them just like whatever and then as they're goofing off and walking her being that far apart was enough car pulls up they jump out and grab her and try pulling her into the car she screams, her boyfriend and the friend's here, and they run over and they grab her. They're trying to keep her out of the car, and the car starts driving, and then they pull her out, and the car speeds off. And apparently that's like these kidnappings in Texas and places like that on the border. You think you're in this American city, everything's going to be great, and then a car just pulls up, and the next yeah. thing you know, you're a slave.
2: I'll give you this story, and you tell me where it happened. A uh, bunch of armed cartel members dressed like federal agents go to a house, do a mock raid on the house, abduct somebody and then they found him later on dead. Where did this happen? Kansas City. This is California. Oh, I
4: was going California for sure. This is California. Yeah.
1: Where in California?
2: Uh, right across the border um, to Where's San that? Diego County. Yeah. Uh, which
1: which which one's on the U.S. side, Mexicali or Calexico? Uh, Calexico. And then Mexicali is just on the other side. El
2: Centro, Calexico, yeah. Um, Arizona is the abduction capital of the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Arizona. Arizona. Um, a lot of abductions happen in migrant communities that never get reported. A lot of executions and murders happen in migrant communities that never get reported. That makes me
4: wonder,
3: when you said 90 or more percent of murders are unsolved, is that ca- accounting for people that just disappear? No, that's not accounting for people that just disappear, which I don't, I, I don't have the numbers in my head right now, but
2: they're pretty astronomical as far as how many people are just missing in Mexico. Which basically means dead. Which basically well, means. Or they could that. be sold into slavery. Yeah. Uh, well, that's an interesting other uh, aspect of it, like, um, uh, during the COVID epidemic, uh, you know, uh, aisles were, were stocked, which means in certain parts of the country, uh, child labor is allowed in the States only in the, you know, when it comes to agriculture, there's kids working in some of these fields. Governor, Governor Newsom in California, in California has a, a winery that didn't close during COVID. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of kids working on those fields that are, you know, Mexican immigrants. Uh, they are working to pay off their crossing. A lot of these people. So in a lot of ways, there's sl- modern indentured. day slavery yeah. going on right now. Um, getting crossed the cr- cross through the border, not like these the the Haitian push that came in, but like if you're a Mexican and you cross the border illegally, they have to pay. And if you can't pay, you get uh, you get a little tab on your wrist. So when you get picked up on the U.S. side, they know you are still low. So you get processed in a bit different way. Some of these people end up on, in fields and in, in manufacturing places across the, the, the country. And some of them go into, if they're female, some of them go into the trade as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're, they're basically working off their debt. And if they can't pay it, their families that are already set up stateside are paying it. Wow. So what's like the average that someone would have to pay for something like that? Uh, it depends on who you are and where you're crossing. 5,000 is a number that I've heard. Where do people get this money? They, they 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 don't get it so they cross and they pay it off wow. over years sometimes uh, and some people might owe $5,000 but you think they're going to say oh with interest now yeah. so of course and these people get stuck into this circle and also if they don't pay and they get you know they get something bad happen to them do you think they're going to report that to the police you in the United yeah. States it's a whole silent community that just
3: doesn't say anything. perfect upside down, man. Huh. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, geez, start a GoFundMe to help pay these people off. But I'm like, I, can you even get involved in, in that? Because you it's already this illegal trade.
1: You can't pay them. It just would make the system worse. It would, it would incentivize more yeah. of the same. How do we fix this?
2: Uh, Recognize, I mean, first recognition of a, uh, of a narco-insurgency with multiple fronts right next door to your country. And it, it is a narco-insurgency. Recognize that the fact that the Mexican government is not going to help you fix the problem, you know, because it's part of the problem. Uh, realize that they are terrorist organizations. They are their, their own definition of a terrorist organization. You, you should, the U.S. should come up with a new definition for them because they're a new definition. Uh, They're utilizing pipe bombs, mortar bombs. They're utilizing IRA style tactics to develop explosives now on drones that they land on police vehicles. Um, like in that
1: game, Watch Dogs. You ever play that? Yeah, they get the drones—drones drones with bombs on them—and then you can. Do, or wow. you can go to Michoacan and you Crazy. see it for real.
3: Oh, you know?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I I remember warning some uh, some government officials when I was doing consulting on drone stuff. When drones started first, like consumer level drones were first becoming uh, prominent, I actually uh, they, they, there was this, or, this organization that sent a, a person to like these news organizations, and they asked me because I had a bunch of expertise in doing work with drones. And then I was talking to them, and they were like, "What are the concerns about safety?" And I was like, "Oh, the most obvious one: someone straps a bomb to a consumer-grade drone for a couple hundred bucks, and there's nothing you can do about it." Yeah. And they were like,
2: <gasps> "Yeah,
1: like what do you do? We, uh, sh- even if you get the drone down, it's, yeah. it's a flying bomb.
2: It's a flying bomb. Uh, so the cartels are basically making homemade Claymore mines that are putting and they're putting them on the bottom of a, a drone.
1: And these drones are dirt cheap.
2: Yeah, they're they're and Crazy. all of these Chinese Alibaba right. level drones. You know, but they're they work they're workable." and you have one of those go off high enough, well, that, the radius is pretty good to get a lot of people or they just land on top of a car and explode them. Especially
1: uh, they put, like, nails and stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, Depending somewhere. on how
1: much weight they can carry on them. If they do a, you know, moderate-sized drone, they can <laughs>
2: there's, do a, there's, this crazy stuff. I posted a video up recently of a quad drone with a guy holding onto to it. Whoa. and they were being lifted up and it was like somewhere in the hills in Mexico they're kind of testing that out for something maybe wow. breaking somebody out oh, of prison or well, K- Casey
1: Neistat <laughs> did that big drone where it pulled him on a snowboard and then like lifting him up and everything too yeah. that's exciting
3: I mean I know it's a different context yeah. but that's <laughs> super
2: cool
1: <laughs> I mean if you know,
2: Chapo was uh, was uh, in prison long enough I mean he probably get a, could have gone out with a drone that would be some Batman level villainy going on yeah. right
1: I mean, it's the craziest thing right now. A drone big enough can just automatically fly by tracking GPS, and then stop over you, and then drop a rope, and you can it can pull you out. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy.
2: I mean, I, I I was I remember finding one of the first drones, like like a first drug load drones in Tijuana, and I'd never seen one outside, like in reality. I saw them on on the internet and stuff like that, and all of a sudden I find this quad drone on the ground with a giant brick of meth, you know. Wow! And whoa, whoa. We how had, big was the drone? Uh, it's about I mean, it's probably
1: about that big. Those guys, when they fly, their blades are strong and so fast they would slice your fingers. Oh off. wow! Yeah, no Jeez. joke.
2: When we found it, we still had one of the guys had still had his uh, sirens on of the police car he was driving. Said shut him off, and we can. That, that was one of several. Like you could hear the. So that one had
3: gone down, but there were others still up there. Yeah
2: and this is this is a while ago this is about two thousand eight or something like that two thousand eight yeah and wow th- and this is they're 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 better now at it yeah um according to most of those guys they say magic hour is moonless night with fog mm. that defeats oh, yeah. every single uh security feature of the border right now a moonless night with fog that that'll that'll get its magic hour for them zero
3: visibility and you can't fly it. you can't yeah
2: you can't yeah. send a helicopter out there
3: and yeah, I think They're, I think of like infrared IR, you know, detection. But I mean, I would imagine they don't have all the advanced technology all over. I mean, the right now West. they don't
2: have enough people to. I mean, again, it's magic hour for them. Like everybody is, you know, on the border. Well, they were on the border trying to quell this massive migration push into the into the United States. I mean, other parts of the border were probably ignored and were left alone. And just, I mean, again, it's it was magic hour for them. You know what got through. A
1: lot, probably. You know, so there's there's no end to this. I mean, I, I wonder if the stuff we see in the news. Uh, actually, l- let me ask this: Does it feel like it's worse now than it's than it's been in the
0: past?
2: Yes, I think it's uh, it's uh, just numbers wise, it's worse. Um, I, having experienced, like I went through a, the group that I was a part of, pacified the most dangerous city on the planet at that point, which was Tijuana, and it got off the most dangerous list. Things went back to normal uh economic boom a bunch of sky uh, uh, sky uh, high rises came up in tijuana it's and it's currently going through that and now it's back at number it's back at almost number one again right and you like you're like scratch your head like we did all this work like what happened to all this work and then you start realizing that you know well the politics went to the left on this side um we were put through a process of selection and also uh review so i had to do a polygraph exam every year and my financials were looked looked through with a you know with a fine tooth comb i went through an fbi background check i had random drug testing psychological evaluations and this was tedious they would they would go to our houses and take pictures of how many tv screens we had there and Whoa. if we had a new one you would have to ask that ended Because people started saying it was inhumane and it was against their human rights. So when I, the last day I was on the job, there was a guy in that, the new guy that was in charge, which we investigated for cartel ties, was there at the office. And I was like, wow, weren't you like not here? Oh, I'm back. And also my back pay, my back, back paid everything. He's back. And now he's in charge. And yeah, they, it sounds like they sold you out. It, I mean, they sold everybody out. And another thing about it is, like, I'm not a, I'm not a specialty guy. I know a lot of things. I train a lot of people and I had a lot of weird training from the US side and the Mexican side. All the people that I used to work with, which were also trained like me that speak the same level of English that I have, that have the same training, same education, same experience. Those people don't, didn't have the opportunities that I had. What do you think they're working now? Why are they working? $12,000 every two weeks and they're wow. working for one of the most largest cartel groups on the planet right
3: so, now. So they were like basically every year they were testing and checking and checking to see if you'd been co-opted and then who decided like what president or who, what organization decided to stop? Uh, the last president was uh
2: the last president went through a process of kind of changing some of those things. Again, Mexico has six years of a presidency and then it just goes into a process of amnesia or everything that the last president yeah. did, even if it was good, it's bad. And we went from the far right down there, which, which was Felipe Calderon, which started the drug war to a president now that invited the Venezuelan military to march on Mexican independence day and shout, Viva Maduro, Viva Whoa. la Revolución. Uh, so that's what we're going through right now. And most of the people that I used to work with, I mean, they clearly were like, this is BS. Let's just go to work for the bad guys or the good guys, depending on where you're down, uh, right
1: where, where you are down there. You can see what this this like leftist Maduro stuff manifests into. I mean, this this guy went to the poppy fields and said, "What about our drugs?" Yeah, it's a, it's a
2: it's, they're no, they're normalizing a bunch of stuff that is it's not normal, you know.
1: Well, it's 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 gonna it's a fire. It's a fire it's, that's spreading. It's a fire. Also, what's, also, what's left over after the fire burns down the forest? Uh, Burnt husks, and also, that, I mean, that when I say
2: normalizing things, I mean when he leaves office, things are normal. The president going to Sinaloa and talking about supporting poppy field uh plantations and and uh shaking hands with uh, a, a like, uh, Chapo Guzman's mom and the lawyer and um naming the former governor of Sinaloa the ambassador to Spain which is the the, the door of drugs into into Europe wow <laughs> but he just does it because it's fine because he's the president and it's okay and it's fine and the 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 um, the the, just the the behavior and the the people that are being invited in and the open relationship to Cuba now
1: and Cuban intelligence being all over the country now. It's kind of weird. I want to I want to pull up the story real quick. Um, This is from the BBC. Biden said, quote, people will pay for horseback charge on migrants at border. So I'm sure you heard the fake news that the guy, the Border Patrol guys were riding the horses. And the photos came out and the left and Democrats were like, they're whips. I, so then what happened is the Biden administration is like, okay, you can't use horses anymore. And now Biden's saying they're going to pay. The reason I bring this up is you were just talking about how, you know, once, once the left came in, all of a sudden they were m- much more in favor or at least, yeah, uh, you know, implicit.
2: Like, uh, so the, the, the current president down there said, abrazos no balazos, hugs not bullets. That was his whole <laughs> counter. <laughs> That that was his whole uh, security policy for the cartels.
1: So whether, what, you know, for, for the U.S., whether it's intentional or not, you have Joe Biden now, based on fake news, condemning the Border Patrol guys. I, it's just continually weakening our security. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, erasing it.
2: Just knowing some of the people that were there, because I, I, I know some of those people that were there. A lot of them were Latinos. A lot of them were actually Mexican, uh, second generation, third generation Mexican people. Uh, they're riding around in horses. And they're utilizing the strap. The, 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 have you ever ridden a horse? They're not, they don't have crops of whip. They don't have a whip. It yeah, rains. The, yeah. the reins, that's what you see. They are completely undermanned, under supported, and they're trying to do a job which is stopping people from crossing the border illegally. And also, I mean, they I saw uh, somebody go out down there trying to make it about race. Um, of course. <laughs> and, uh, just seeing, so, the u.s and again this this from my experience training law enforcement here stateside just went through the whole black lives matter corrosion which is a corrosion speaking of somebody that comes from a country where police are not viewed well this leads down a very dark path yeah uh people don't want to be police officers in the united states anymore Uh police academies have whole generations that are just empty um places where they don't have police you know they can't pay them enough and or you can't get paid enough to work in some of these places that leads to a void an authority and policing void in some places um what comes next you know God, mexico comes next you know uh the corrosion of uh of uh of the small rules getting set to aside. small rules get set to the side you know you can walk into a you know, a, a target in California, and just fill a bag full of stuff, and just walk out, and no problem. As long yep. as it doesn't pass, just. that's mm-hmm. you know, small rules. And I, I'm from Tijuana, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a first world place. But I go to L.A. and I want to wash my, <laughs> want to wash my hands <laughs> yes. afterwards, right? It's amazing to see how it's slowly shifting the corrosion that's come in this country as far as being against law enforcement again not all law enforcement is okay there's a bad people in law enforcement there's bad horrible people in law enforcement in mexico uh there's for there there's people that did horrible things here in the states there's people that are corrupt that are working for law enforcement there are people that shouldn't be working for law enforcement here stateside that have a, a completely bad mindset as far as what they're doing but what comes if you don't have a police force you know like I was in Portland, the, I was in the Portland riots, day 101 of the Portland riots. I went out there. Oh wow. People be like, hey, are going to be out there? Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want to see? I, I always want to go to the weird places. So I went to the riots. Uh, 2% CS gas was being utilized against the protesters, which is basically pepper. Yeah. And it's something you put on your steak. There was a snack cart going through the protest line, which is pretty amazing. There was a little Asian, uh, uh, girl with a bicycle helmet shouting, you know, kill the police or something like that. And then somebody threw a Molotov uh, at the police and it landed on the feet of a protester there. Who do you think all of them screamed for when that happened? Of course. And the state police walked over, put him out, and then went back through the line.
1: You want to know what would happen if there were no police? I'll tell you. If something like Portland happened in a place where there were no police, the locals would walk out with their guns and it would not be pretty. See, the issue is in places like Portland, where you do have the right to keep and bear arms more so than many other states, regular people know if Antifa shows up with Molotov cocktails and I defend myself, I go to prison. So they don't do it. It's because they're scared of the police and the police allow Antifa free reign. Yeah. So I'm not I've not been a big fan of, you know, the police over that specifically and over the the lockdown stuff. And a lot of people have said, Oh, you can't blame the cops, you gotta blame the leadership and I'm like, No, I think if the cop walked up to the guy and arrested him and said you deal with it later, at the very least, you know, that would slowly start putting a stop to these things. If they started actively, you know, going where these rioters were going when they go into residential neighborhoods and stopping them from going to people's homes and threatening the, the residents, I, I wasn't doing it though.
2: I was there for a night and i i'm not the you know the smartest you know man alive or anything like that but i was there for a night and i could figure out that all of these people there were not from portland that they were all bused in and or drove in and all, all uh carpooled in i could tell you exactly where they parked i could tell you where their plates were from i could tell you where they were car surfing i could tell you just by walking around there and hearing their conversations i could tell you what social media they were utilizing to organize their endeavors And it was all a show. It was all a played out show.
1: Look at the McCloskeys, right? You can criticize them for waving the guns around or whatever. But the point is a, a a group of black lives matter. People broke into private property. And when they simply brandished their weapons on their own property, as people were on their property and said, get out, they got arrested and charged for it. So regular people know this antifa gets free reign. Black lives matter gets free reign. You can't defend yourself. Remove the police people start defending themselves the riots are over instantly people it would not be it would not look good and i would not want to see what happens but i tell you if the cops won't actually enforce this if the justice department if the justice system will not hold these people to account eventually the police start losing support we start seeing things like we did where where trump supporters and conservatives were throwing the blue lives matter flag on the ground and stomping on it yeah and then eventually they're like i don't care get rid of the cops whatever so be it if you're not going to protect me you're going to ignore what they do and then come at me when I try to pr- protect myself, like we've seen in the press numerous times. People are going to say no to it.
2: It's a small as, long rules. as they're paying attention. It's a small rules that go first, and then the big ones start getting corroded. And I think we're past the small rules part. And, oh yeah, it's and, it's it's insane. And, and 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 again, I come from a country where that happened probably in the 80s and the 90s, right. and this is the this is what comes after. You know, Mad Max level.
1: The cars. fact, and, and you see the Haitian migrants walking back and forth. Yeah, there's no border. I'm sorry. There's no border. You can't there's, call it a border. It's not, that's not correct.
2: It's it's not there. Yeah, there's no border. And also, the people that are enforcing the border on this side are now even more neutered than they were. Right. So you go into you know hypotheticals, and you know it, again, if somebody like some evil entity out there wanted to do something on the border, Christmas right now, Christmas. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. Know, this is Christmas right now. You know. Uh, uh and also, you know, who
3: wants to go into border protection? Yeah, that you know now like who, who wants, wants to go, go into, into, into any job? of these jobs Jeez, look what that that guy with the reins he's getting being demonized by the president it took for, their horses for, away
1: or right. fake news biden is is attacking them saying they'll pay because people on, because on, on the democrat this is what happens every single time this is why we, look the democrats come out and say hunter biden's laptop story is fake news when it was real they come out and they say russia gate is real news when it's fake ukraine gate is real news when it's fake they say uh they're whipping people it's fake news how often are we going to see our culture, our country capitulate to the lies from these psychopaths who just scream random garbage when they panic?
2: yeah, I mean the the racism thing with a with one of the most Latin groups of federal po- police out there is pretty insane uh I don't get me wrong i I'm a migrant like I'm a legal resident of this country. I went through my migrant my 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 uh, process. During Trump's election, which made my process that usually takes six months into one that took two years. Uh. And I'm not a fan and I was pretty disappointed, but I went through it legally, right? I went through it legally and I'm an idiot. It's g- just weird. G- g- and I'll say it in Spanish, que pendejo, you know, <laughs> I should I, I have sh- I just, you know, just sat on that board and just crossed and got shipped out to any, you know, whatever part,
4: part, and,
1: I got, I yeah, got, f- I got friends. I have a friend in Eastern Europe and it's actually a brutal conversation to be like I would like my friend to simply visit simply visit you know two weeks come see America for once damn near impossible and then she's like should I just go to Mexico? And I was like well I can't you know obviously I'm saying you're, you're joking North, yeah. right but that's the reality of like even yeah, people it, in other countries are like that. That's why you see people in Africa fly to Brazil and then come to Mexico because they know the border doesn't it's, exist. It's,
2: it's an open joke internationally that you know it's it's a hard thing to get a visa, but it's easy to just travel to Mexico. Yeah, and it's not you don't so that you don't even need a visa to go to Mexico. You can just violently cross the southern border into Mexico, beat beat federal police in Mexico, beat them up, cross the border violently just make it all the way through go to the
3: border and be welcomed on the other side that they'll fight so they'll fight the police in in the southern yeah. border
2: they'll fight the police in the southern border they'll throw rocks at them they'll, they'll they'll be violent towards them uh they will go through communities and all the communities are just doing this to them you know just go Keep past yeah. the pro, there was there were pro, when the first caravan uh, car, caravan came up into Tijuana the locals protested yeah, uh, I remember that they make tijuana great again hats, which I may or may not have something <laughs> to do with that um, the, the, the 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 locals made the uh, were wearing the the mayor of Tijuana was wearing a make tijuana great again hat right but the, the they they were like called racist like all oh, these guys are brown right, and also we just absorbed. A whole segment of the population of the Haitian migrants coming into Tijuana, which they, they're, I mean, as far as the, 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 our experience with them, they were pretty good. They 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 melded into the populace. They worked. They're fine. Now these uh, Hondurans came in, and they were saying that they were going to turn Tijuana into Honduras, right? They, they were saying that they were going to shoot people that they wanted to mess with them. You know, two of them got picked up by the cartels immediately. Whoa! <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> immediately, so they calmed down a bit. <laughs> And then they were complaining about the food that they were being given because they didn't want beans. They thought that was pig food, which is, if you tell that to a Mexican. It's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, that's the experience that the locals have had with them. And it's not a good experience. And it's amazing that, you know, the, the first the camp they had was next to a school. They had to close the school down because they kept getting, getting harassed by the, but the people there uh, but the americans would come in and hand out backpacks uh tents food clothing and these guys were like thank you muchas gracias thank you thank you and then you would see that at the open-air market being sold and wow. flipped yep right and it was like is anybody seeing this american media shows
1: up get the kids out let's
2: put them around the females out, put them here on the, on the outskirts yep. so they
1: can get, that's what they need. That way AOC can show up and start crying at the fence, mm-hmm. tricking a bunch of dumb people and devoting away their rights and their, and their sovereignty.
2: The last, the last caravan that showed up in Tijuana set up right on the border and right in the middle of it, and I'll, I'll post this picture up tonight. I think I'll, I'll find it right in the middle of that camp, Biden flag. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I went around and talked to the, a few of them. They were pretty defensive, but main thing is that, doors open, welcome in. This is the time. The doors going to close again probably in a few years, so we need to go now.
3: Let us send Joe Biden. You said that in the eighties um, is when the little things started to become overlooked, and then it led slowly led towards. I mean, Mexico's have always been, <laughs> been Their corruption's always been
2: systemic there, but yeah, I mean the, the true corrosion that uh, you know that you know criminal enterprises and, and feeding the massive drug market in the states and the corruption that kind of produced in Mexico kind of started growing and how the corruption seeped into uncorruptible organizations like the military. Mexico had like a, the, the military was like the uncorruptible like these are, these are the last offense and then you had the Zetas you know and then you had a bunch of generals being arrested for car- cartel ties and then that shifted now that's what you see the Mexican Marines being utilized more now. The U.S. said well we don't use the Mexican military we're going to use the Mexican Marines now. That's what you saw during the El Chapo raid. Mm. But now some of those guys have been arrested guarding cartel guys, Oops. you know, bodyguarding cartel guys, uh, mysterious stuff happening in, in, um, in certain parts where they con- they control the ports. I mean, if they are incorruptible and they are the leading defense in Mexico against the cartels, why are voice fentanyl flooding the country? Mm-hmm. These guys are in control of the ports. So. Uh, I think it's all for money. I mean, yeah, for them, yeah. I think, I think a big part of it is money. I think a big part of it is lack of opportunity. I mean, for somebody like me, growing up in Tijuana, either it was going into work for a call center, going to work for a cartel, or going to work uh, for the government. Mm. And after coming out of a working for the government, I can't tell you the difference between working <laughs> for a cartel or a government down there as far as how it, it was at the end. And call centers are rough. That's boring. I mean, th- that's th- that's the opportunity you have down there. Wow. Right? Uh, like I, I was in I was studying medicine when 9/11 happened, and the economy just went in the toilet down there after that because nobody wanted to cross the border and have fun in Tijuana anymore. Mm. So the only opportunities for me and a few of my friends, it's like I, when I grew up in Tijuana, I was a like a skater kid. Skated uh, the first time I did any lock picking and stuff like that. Now I teach that and stuff like that. The first time I did any lock picking and stuff like that, I had to break into some cartel house that had been abandoned and we wanted to skate the pool and stuff like that. right? <laughs> So that was my childhood, and it was fun. It was it was it was interesting. Tijuana was a pretty interesting place. About a change, a lot of my friends that I grew up with went to work for the cartels. Um, there was a redhead kid that I used to know, that I used to know. You know, I went in to work for the government, and he we both used to skate. You know, uh, he he always a uh, shorties was his thing. You know, uh, you know that that was his brand. That yeah, you know, Jet like, Mosca. Yeah, yeah, he had the Mosca shoes with the zipper. Tongue thing, and hide his <laughs> weed in there. Um, that he was a great kid, you know. Hang hung out with him, and we just lost touch when I t- turned twenty and I went to work for government. He just, you know, disappeared. I found him working later on. I was walking across a gas station or we doing some surveillance stuff, and he called me over. Like, Ed, oh shit! Like wearing a uh uh AK47 uh, magazine carrier and an AK in his hand. It's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" It's like, "Hey, what's up? Come over." It's like,
4: "Uh, oh, come over here." <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, I, I, I wasn't in uniform. I wasn't I was carrying a gun. I was working, but I wasn't doing anything specific uh, as far as being overtly what I was. Called me over, gave me a hug, was like, "Hey, dude, was like what have you been doing?" I oh, just been fucking, you know, looking for work and stuff like that. And he leaned over and said, "I know what you do." You probably better get out of here. It's like, yeah, dude. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. What's up with you? I'm like, I'm just working here. You should come over. Like, it's a good, I mean, it's well paying and shit like that. I'm like, ah, figure it out. (laughs) Wow. Dude. I walk out of there, like, phones going crazy because they saw me, you know? And as soon as I got back to the group that I was with, the military showed up and they shoot out for, I don't know, like a solid 30 minutes. Whoa. I. I went there afterwards, and it took me about ten minutes to find him. He was, was shot dead underneath a car. He was the only one with red hair there. He was a, he was a redhead. Uh, I stayed with his body, and I, I stayed with his body all night, and called his parents to to to, to release the body. Um, the war down there is different. It's not it's not it's not going off to Afghanistan and doing things. It's not going off to the Middle East. It's 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 within the our homes with mm-hmm. people that we speak the same language with. Uh sometimes we would kill one of them and they would kill one of us and the funerary services for at the same place. Jeez. Um it's a it's a different war. And as far as what it produces as far as individuals and people and, and bad people and just the, the um the methodology that is being showcased as far as the first people that I've that we've seen in the Western Hemisphere weaponized drones the cartels and that's uh that's a light that is now uh, like ideological and methodolog- method- methodological idea now that is out there um the first people that weaponized torture videos and stuff like that for, on social media were the cartels not mm-hmm. isis yep. isis got the idea from the cartels yep. um it's it's turning into the 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 uh the school you know it's turning into a school of thought of method. It's turning into a, a producer of people, of bad people and good people, maybe I don't know, but of people that are capable. You know, um, what you saw in Afghanistan when the the CIA went in there and trained some of the uh, some of the local populace to fight the, the Soviets, and what that later turned into. Um, the U.S. trained people in Mexico, I was one of them, and what is that going to turn into in a few decades? You know,
1: same thing it always does
2: know that's it's 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 the uh it's a scary thing that i, I again I don't, I don't see this covered on the u.s side a lot and people don't talk about it that much or if they do that's it's like something that's in the future for them like they're coming here eventually they'll come here like it's here already um you know that's 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 a scary part of it that just the ignorance around it you think if people learn spanish it will help I think all of you are going to be speaking Espanol or Mandarin in a Mandarin. few years. So One of those too. yeah, Mandarin. probably we should be teaching
3: kids like six or seven languages in school. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you know um, we
2: don't. Other other countries do. We don't. Yeah, we yeah, uh, yeah I, I, you c- you can't get a uh, you can't get into a career path in, in Mexico if you, unless you know uh, English. And it's like that's okay. true for a lot of countries, though. Yeah, it's it's always been interesting for me to like meet people in the states that don't speak another language. It's pretty weird, right? Yeah that's sí. most I'm pretty sure right It's I mean, sí. I, I, <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice try poquito. un poquito un poquito uh,
2: like I, I travel across the country every weekend I do classes all over the country so I get to see weird places and, and experience this country I, for three years I've been traveling nonstop so it's just interesting seeing going from LA to Alabama to going to like living in Kentucky for a bit and everybody was like hey Ed aren't you worried about Kentucky it's very racist it's
1: like Mexico's very racist. <laughs> 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 these people are for these people are amateurs. Yeah, America's like one of the yeah. least racist places I've ever been to. You know, may, maybe maybe it's it's hard to quantify exactly how racist a country might be, especially like you go, you go to some of the Scandinavian countries and they're like arguably way more racist, but some people might be like kind of not. But I'll, I'll tell you this: I think Sweden is super 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 racist. Okay. Yeah, they're they're the kind of racist where they they really don't like non-Swedish people. Yeah. But they openly pretend like they're not racist. So they do a bunch of things to make it – they, they, they want to make it seem like they're not racist and they're super welcoming. Yeah. But then behind closed doors, they're like I – mean, others are not – yeah, totally. No <laughs> legit.
2: Uh, and, uh, we have blackface comedy still on TV in Mexico. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, there's a there's a comic called Nemean Pinguin. People can research this. And you tell me – that's on the newsstand still. So it's – Uh, There's there's uh, all of the telenovelas and all the news and a lot of the popular culture down there. Everybody on TV is Caucasian, the Mexican Caucasian people, because that's our idealized version of beauty. You know, Mm. wow. Uh, You give a kid a brown Barbie and a white Barbie and ask the kid which one is the evil one. Oh wow!
4: (laughs) No way.
1: That's an
2: experiment they they did down there. yeah, and you do, you, so, well, so what's the result? I mean, the, 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 we'll raise the brown one. This And is what the do you evil. think, what do you
1: think if if you did that in the United States today to a kid, which one do you think they would raise up? The white one. That's course. right. Yeah. Isn't the, that weird? The, the
2: Diablo Blanco.
1: How no. about just like, I don't know, you can't tell if they're evil or not. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, like, too hard. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, and it's, uh, as, as far as the racism thing, I, I get a kick out of seeing some of the commentary as far as racism here in the United States when I, you know, like, go to asia you know and just see how different oh, asian countries eat each other go to mexico uh in my like i'll, I'll tell this story about my family can i tell this it's a, just a small short story my daughter is on the light side you know she's she's a bit light-skinned um my niece has a daughter and she's a little on the brown side In christmas my dad put my niece's daughter on his knee and my daughter on his other knee she told my daughter tu eres la princesa you're the princess of the family and he daughter says, like, what about me? You can be the princess's maid. Wow. That's my Ooh, dad. Right? That's my dad. Yikes. That's my dad. Thanks dad. That's how, that's how, the, that's how the culture is down there. It's See, like, I saw I, that, I was
1: like, oh. That's how it is in Come Brazil. On, yeah. So when I was down in Brazil, uh, I not, I've been down there several times, actually, I actually have a visa. And what I was being told by our fixer, our local guy, our friend, he's like a, he's like a pothead <laughs> on the headshot. He was like, they, there are people who are both black and he was he was like and they'll argue with each other over who's black yeah 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 because like it's bad and they're they're all extremely racist even against themselves and he was like it's it's crazy to see that people who are darker skinned will like they'll be like a grandmother <laughs> and then she'll be they'll be a picture of her with her husband and their kids and it's like having more and more white kids and then their great their great granddaughter is like white and she's like how proud am i <laughs> that's a, that's really weird to me yeah, how racist these people are
2: was, just just to get a clear my dad is brown you know he's, he's not like you know that it's just that's just how things work
1: outside of the United States. You know? And know, people yeah. these 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 college kids they don't, don't get know, it. Yeah. They're no. like America's racist. <laughs> no, come down, dude, no, come down. Not only that, but I'm like, whenever I hear one of these people say that America's racist, I'm like, have you ever spent ten minutes in a skate park uh-huh. in America? If you, you if you if you if you're look you want to go somewhere to hear the n-word more than any go to a skate park i'm not even kidding it's like you just it's like every other word yeah because it's like an urban culture thing now i guess for these kids yeah
2: uh that i i get my mind gets blown when i see second generation third generation mexican you know kids here and they use the n-word more than anything it was like why are you using that word that's not a you know I, I, again i'm new here so i don't know yeah so i'm just hearing and i'm like wow
1: Let's go, to, culture. let's go to super chats, everybody. If you haven't already, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. We, we love hanging out on Friday nights. We always try to just kind of like chill, lay back, and make Friday nights just a little different. Not so heavily focused on like the news cycle of the week or whatever like we do in the earlier, earlier in the week. It's more chill, more chill. So, uh, smash that like button. Send you super chats. We're going to read some of your comments right here. All right, let's see. Jackson Dowdle says, can you have a debate between an ANCAP and a populist like Brian Kaplan and Jack Murphy? Yes.
5: Brian Kaplan. Not
1: familiar with who Brian Kaplan is, but, you know, up. we can certainly organize something like that. That'd be fun. All right. This question, I'm assuming, is for uh, Ian. Tater says, so did any of the cults ever manage to summon Cthulhu? Is that what actually happened in 2020? I defer to Ed. I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, ga- no. I, uh, I gave a
2: death whistle to Joe Rogan that he blew, and that everybody blames COVID <laughs> on that, so I don't know. No, Ooh. for real? Yeah. So I... Uh, So in Mexico, they have these uh, death whistles. It's an Aztec death whistle. Supposedly, when the Aztecs would attack a village, they would blow those every night before they attack to just keep people up,
1: you know? Yeah. So it he blew it. I
2: said, that's pretty cool. You want this? Like, oh yeah.
1: He blew it on the show. Yeah. So, like, so wait, Joe Rogan blew the, the death whistle on his show? Yeah. That proves it. There's a yes. few of them, you know, so maybe that no no, I don't know, know I don't know if it was Cthulhu. Maybe some somebody <laughs> asked a version of Cthulhu, you know? Yeah, I, don't I guess know. I
3: guess the answer is no. Short answer. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> Stephen Valdez says, Ed is a legend. Ed, are you ever going to write a book? It's uh, it's, uh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's not what people think. I'm not uh
2: most of my writing is going to be related to post-traumatic stress, uh, processing. Yeah. You were saying psychedelics have helped. Uh, some, certain, certain, certain types of psychedelics have, have helped in the processing part of it, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, every now and then I write these things called fever dreams, and I post them up on my Instagram account, and they seem to touch people. Uh, it's, uh, my, my world has ended a few times in a lot of ways. And uh, talking about some of the traumas, talk talking about some of the, I mean, I, I'm nine months on the wagon right now. Ooh. So and it was like,
3: how how many years were you involved in this experience?
2: Uh, 12 years working. And, and right now, six years on the road, uh, teaching, training and stuff like that. So its it's been a road.
5: Before we, before we move on, I have to ask you, do you think that the reason that some of these military members and police officers use this symbol of Santa Muerte is because it takes some of the guilt of killing other people off of them?
2: Uh, it is definitely, uh, yes.
5: They have dispensation.
2: Um, you, uh, and, so in a place where the government is re- doesn't really have your back and there is no realistic, uh, so like in the U.S., you go off and fight for your country and you get back and sometimes you get flag w- waves on you you get you know if you wear a uniform you fly um you can fly for a discount or for free and you get preferential treatment if you're a veteran and stuff like that there's no such thing in mexico mm. you get wow. spit on oh what do you do like i hid what i did for a living for a long time for my family Uh, because it's something to be ashamed of so uh so there's no concept of a veteran in Mexico. Right. Uh wow. y- although it's it's clearly a giant war that we just went that we're currently still going through. Right. So if you don't have any support, if you don't have any the the the, the, the I learned about post traumatic stress when I came to this country. I did not know what that was, you know. That that's the level of just abandonment that the people have down there. Wow. Uh so I think part of that is that, you know, just seeking some sort of comfort or some sort of backing and something that is as dark and or as light as a uh, death deity. Hmm. You know, that's what I think that's a big reason why some of that is so popular and prevalent down
4: there. Interesting. Okay.
1: All right. John Doe says it costs $2,500 for a U-Haul from Maryland to Florida, but only $600 from, for a U-Haul from Florida to Maryland. They claim supply and demand. Well, see, It's it's really simple. If you're in Maryland, there's probably no trucks because everybody's fleeing. Uh. If you're in Florida, there's a ton of trucks because
5: nobody's leaving because everybody's
1: <laughs> fleeing to Florida. So if you want to go back, it actually works out really well for them because you're basically doing them a service, bringing the truck back. Otherwise, they got to go pick the truck up and then bring them back. So, yeah, it costs more money. How about that? All right. Here's a good one. Jason Bryan says, did Dim Fool talk about the Arizona audit yet? No, we didn't. Why? Uh, it just came out. So, you know, I often wondered to myself, I'm like, there's a lot of people who jump the gun on stories and then get them wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this thing was like announced, I think like 4 p.m. And there's like no way I'd have enough time to go through what they said to talk about it on a show. But, you know, here's I'll tell you this. The other night, a whole bunch of stories emerge where they they said the Arizona audit confirms Joe Biden won. Okay. They didn't actually even see the audit when they wrote those stories. And that's the important detail. Because I'm pretty sure the audits don't actually make any strong assertion like that. What, what, what there is something going around, it's showing a list of like um, failure rates, basically like duplicate votes or things like that. So there's a lot to go through. I have not fact-checked any of it. And by the time we're going to do a show on a Friday night, there's just, look, I got to tell you guys, the worst possible day to release information like this is on a Friday. Like everyone's tuned out. View counts are always way down honestly i don't get it and then they give the media an opportunity to preempt them on a thursday which is not a good day but not a friday it's better than a saturday i guess but seriously a friday evening is when you publish news to die yeah so uh i'll look into it and i'm gonna go through all of it absolutely and i gotta tell you i think it's a lot of what we heard from matt brainerd uh check out the members only segments at timcast.com and then we'll see what we can get to in those uh, when, when we break it down all right. Montana Linderman says, today's my birthday and I'm stuck at work, but at least I have Tim and everyone to listen to. Woo. I watch you guys every night. You guys are amazing. Montana, thank you for your super chat and thanks for, for watching and listening to the show. Happy birthday. You know, it's just, uh, we, we, we look at cameras and we talk about stuff. Sam Finley says, Ed Calderon makes James Bond look like a punk. Well, Hold on. <laughs> J- uh, Jaime Juan. No, not James Bond. <laughs> All right, let's see. Trevor Cameron says, Tim, going to play some more D&D? Does the DM have a hard time keeping track of initiative? Check out my Kickstarter and FB deck of Heroes and Fiends October 1st. Well, all right then. Yes, we do plan on playing uh, D&D. All right, let's see. A lot of people want me to talk about the Arizona audit and, uh, you know... Obviously, there's a bunch of super chats throughout the show being like, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. It's so, like I have to go through it and like fact check it. Here's the thing. With a lot of stories like um, Afghanistan, initially, my assessment is based on the preliminary reports. And then it turns out like I didn't realize in the start of the Afghanistan withdrawal that we abandoned Bagram the way we did. Mm-hmm. So my assessment was like changed. And I was like, wait a minute. I read this Wall Street Journal article. Look what they're doing. Here's the challenge with the AZ audit, as you probably already know. The mainstream media is not going to do a fair assessment of what the details are, which means this is one of the stories, along with many other, that we actually have to have our crew dig into, and we're going to do it. We're going we're to look into it. Um, that being said, my opinion is you want, to, you want to know the easiest way to make sure a Republican never wins again is convince them all you can't win, mm. and then they don't go out and vote. So you've got Democrats going door to door. Look at it this way. New York City. How many people live on one city block in New York City? A, a lot, thousand. Now, one the same distance in a rural county, how many people live on that same distance? One, well, yeah, two. So when you're in when New when you're in New York and you've got universal mail-in voting, and two little Democratic activists can say we're going to spend you know an hour on one city block, they can talk to a thousand people. If the Republican wants to go to a suburban area, one city block is going to get them what twenty five. So. With universal mail-in voting, denser population areas are substantially easier for voter, for voter turnout drives. They knock on the door. Did you vote yet? You didn't. There it is. Fill it out. Have a nice day. Did you vote yet? Republicans doing it. Serious disadvantages. Yeah. So I think you've got to focus on your ground game, your organizational uh, uh, powers. And I'll tell you this. Whatever may be going on here, I think it's demoralizing people. I think the audits are great. I think do investigations build the trust? But man, do conservatives need to get their ground game going and libertarians, to be honest. Democrats have ground game, dude. They know how to go door to door and they have the advantage of population density. I think that plays the biggest role. And that's exactly why there was such a major push for universal mail-in voting. It's overt. That's why they were screaming when they said Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes. Because that is what gives them their major advantage. And it's not breaking the rules. It's like the law was changed for universal mail-in voting. I had a there friend that
3: did work the Obama campaign in 2000, I think 12. And he said it was so incredibly organized and effective. And then he worked the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016. He said it was terrible. So I have a feeling it's not just Democrats. It's, it's this
1: establishment. It's these, exactly. They know how to run a machine. And, and the establishment Republicans don't want Trump or the populists. So they're like, it's all you. And it's, it's much more difficult. All right, immediate casualty care says, perfect guest for the topic at hand as well as a guy to learn from when it goes wrong. Ed was kind enough to do an IG review our uh, our low-profile trauma kits, asking for nothing in return. A good man who knows all things. Bad guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, what is that? What
2: were those? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a low-profile way to carry around medical equipment with you, you know? Okay. I mean, it's, it's a scary time, and I'm not, you know, fear-mongering, but it's a pretty good idea to have at least some basic knowledge uh and base and and materials to stop somebody from bleeding out we have like
3: 30 medical kits here uh we had like six and i was like tim can we get two more and he bought like 20 yeah that's (laughs) a good idea well let's pass them out if we need to 30 employees Mm -hmm. give them we've
2: got multiple acres animals it's 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 not it's a it's a weird thing like it's uh, people want to go and shoot guns and and train how to fight with knives and do all this stuff but they don't want to learn how to plug holes
4: you're gonna get hurt yep
2: or like a, when, every now and I, I do training related to counter abduction, and everybody's like, oh, "When are we going to learn how to get a handcuffs?" That's coming, but first we need to talk about Narcan,
0: mm-hmm. right? And
2: first we need to talk about roofies and how to flush yep. your system and how some of, uh, why chemical restraints are a thing. So
1: you, you, you do uh, hostile environment training stuff
2: like that. Yeah, Non-permissive environment training is what I got what, what it's called. I, I didn't name it that. That's what they, that's <laughs> the first people that I started training here in the states said, "Oh, that's non-permissive environments training." Okay. You, uh, do
1: you ever do you ever get these like really arrogant people, who are just like they think they know more than you, they think they're hot stuff, and they're gonna survive the apocalypse?
2: I well, I, you know, I, I, I get all types. I get the uh, some people that are preppers that prep, but they they can't you know run a mile. Yeah, you know? yep. yep. Uh, I get the people that are really worried about COVID and they want to wear a, a gas mask when they go outside, but they just, they would just take some vitamins and you know eat healthy and just you know run a bit. You know, a little bit of that might help you. I get all times. Uh, I,
1: I did a hostile environment training, and it was for insurance purposes. They made me do it. Of course. But I've actually, you know, I'd actually been on the ground in a bunch of civil unrest, civil conflict. And, um, bore, like, I was in Ukraine before it erupted into, like, the separatist fighting. I was in uh, Venezuela, which was, like, probably the scariest where I had to flee the country. And so they made me do this training, and there was, like, a weather guy there who was, like, trying to give advice to people. And I'm just like, like, weatherman. You can't tell this woman what she's going to do when she gets abducted and there's landmines. I'm yeah. sorry. You have no idea what you're talking about.
2: Uh, one of the things that I kind of struggle with, a lot of the stuff that I do is like I, I, I didn't go through SEER training or I wasn't part of the American military. A lot of my teachers were like the first person I saw get out of handcuffs and teach me how to get out of handcuffs was a 15-year-old kid that was a meth dealer, right? Mm. Um, the first person I saw that uh, showed me how to you know make something to cut through zip ties with a Kevlar cordage was a fisherman. Was when, that when you were a kid, when you were younger? No, just working and, and meeting weird people. Uh, one of the things that I find like, um, the most like off-putting is uh, people not realizing the teachers are all around us and they're not all going to wear a green beret and have uh, been a military guy or something like that. Yeah. Most of the people that know and study the craft of getting around things are criminals. Those are the best conversations to have. And if, you don't, if, if, if I go to a, I do a class and I talk, start talking about bribing a, a public official, and Americans start getting like, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you they can. They don't get it, man. <laughs> you don't get it. Uh, we got scruples here, huh? You know, it's normal is a fluid concept. Mm,
4: true and
2: yet. you can't travel with your normal. That's the first red pill I give people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Egypt is certainly crazy. Uh, just like when I try talking to, here, here, I'll tell you this. Here's a challenge in the United States. When I was doing the heat training, hostile environment, stuff uh someone asked the guy running the course if women should be worried about sexual assault and his reaction was to stutter and go uh, w- men can get raped uh, yes uh men it's like uh dude see this is the problem in america they can't say certain things because they get sued for harassment or or treating people you know not like you know not like for j- violating people's uh, uh rights i guess when sensibilities." Yeah, when you say like there's a reality of that women, you know, a guy will get killed and a woman will get raped, like when you when you're dealing with a lot of these places around the world, and then when when I have to deal with stuff like being in Egypt, what the security company is going to allow a woman to do versus what they're going to allow a man to do, you, you you'd probably have every feminist in this country screaming it's not fair. Yeah, and there was a story about uh, uh I could be getting this wrong, so just keep that in mind. A reporter was was at for vice with vice was out I think in Algeria. And she was told not to go to the soccer stadium because women aren't allowed. And she said, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. And she got assaulted and then sued Vice over it, even though the security people are like, you can't do yeah. that. Yeah. But there are these people who think that Algeria is going to be like America. yeah. And they don't realize, like, you walk in the wrong neighborhood and they should be like, that's a beaten." Yeah. They don't realize that in Egypt it's like you walk in the wrong neighborhood and, like, you're not covered up and you're not here with your man. You're in trouble.
2: Yeah. And the normal yeah. is a fluid concept. You can't travel with your normal. You can't travel with your Bill of Rights. Uh, pe- that's an amazing thing. Also, like seeing Americans in Mexico doing like, oh yeah, just uh, this guy tried to put push me in a van, and I just stabbed them in the face. I'm just gonna wait for the police here. Like, the, that guy was probably a, that was a cop. Was a cop. <laughs> <laughs> what do you recommend? Go to the embassy or yeah. flee? Right but hey, uh, not being allowed to, not being able to are two different things outside yep. of the United States. I mean, uh, females uh, during training, like I do. Uh, Restraints or, you know, handcuffs, zip ties, duct tape, um, show people how to get out of that and also how to, you know, manage some of that stuff. Women always get more on them because they're going to get it the worst. Yep. That's my way of treating them differently.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair though, we did in our training do a scenario where we got surrounded at gunpoint and all the women were brought into a barn and then the trainers told the women to start screaming, you know, bloody murder and, and then the guys outside are laughing, saying, I think you know what we're doing, and stuff like that, because like, yeah. he was trying to make that point. Yeah. So it wasn't all overtly, I mean, yeah. like, you know, trying to avoid yeah. the realities of these things.
3: Do you have, like, we talk about basic, like, natural rights in the United States. Yeah. Do you have that in Mexico?
2: Yeah, but nobody, there's nobody to enforce them. So they don't <laughs> exist, really? Uh, I mean, human rights uh, are a thing in Mexico, uh, but usually they only involve people that are, you know, have enough money to kind of put them <laughs> on their side. There was a i We support a a small media group that we work with called Demoler. that's on Instagram if you want to check it out basically just cartel related news uh, out of mexico and it's all you know verified by myself and other people that work around it uh There's a guy that uh, stole a few candy bars from the store and got placed into a process uh a a, 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 a you know legal process for three candy bars a, a very lengthy one wow. And, uh, uh, in the same vein, there's a police commander that was involved in the massacre of 135 people or something like that that, uh, is currently, you know, he just had lawyered up and there's no problem, yeah. right? And we did this comparison, uh, if you have enough money, if you have an influence to the law, of the down there and know, yeah. rights are a, you know, thing to the side. You can own a gun in Mexico if you're upper middle class. There's one gun store in Mexico. Wow. One gun store in Mexico? It's a single gun store in Mexico City. And the only way you can buy one is you have to fly there, Wow. You get a bunch of paperwork, and buy an overpriced, underpowered caliber to be able to defend yourself. Like what? Like a 22? At, uh, at, uh, let's say uh, Guns 380. a 380. A 380. You, you can't get a 9 millimeter down there. It's a, mm-hmm. that's a military only. Yeah. Um So, yeah, low calibers, horrible, horrible quality guns. And they're all, it's a monopoly run by the military down there. And they they're in, this, in their best interest not to arm people, so they make it really hard.
1: Speaking of guns, DW says, Tim, did you see Matt Gates voted yes on red flag laws? 2A or bus. Sorry, Matt, you're no longer MAGA. Also, SaveAmericaChat.com is number one for America First discussion. Um, If Matt is, I'm going to look into that because that is a big no-no. Red flag laws are bad, bad, bad news. They do not work the way people think they do. And if Matt Gates voted yes on this, it's exactly the problem we have with Republicans. That's why I think the Republican Party is garbage. Now, you want you want to look that up? Yeah, I'm looking, yeah, it, looking right it up. Now, yeah, because I'll, I'll I'll right now be like, that's dumb. So you guys are familiar with red flag laws? I
2: am. Yeah. I am. Like, uh, yeah. This one is like one
1: day it. you're at home. And you get a knock on the door and it's a bunch of cops being like, We're here to seize your firearms, your weapons, and you're like, Says who? Says this warrant? What are you talking about? Well, you're a danger to yourself or others, or they're ours now. Now it's not what 2A says. So the problem is you get no chance to rebut yeah. for the most part. If they came to you and said, We are going to make an attempt at a seizure, you have thirty days, you know, here's your court date or whatever, still bad in my opinion. Because it puts the burden on the on the individual who has the right to keep and bear arms. But at the very least, you'd be able to go to the court and be like, "No, it's not true. Someone's made a false claim against me, and I will not stand for this." But these these things and bloody yeah,
3: you're, you're guilty. Someone gets yeah. a medical Dude. marijuana card, and now they're no longer mentally stable. Someone jaywalks, now they're no longer mentally stable. Like no
1: red flag. No, no this no, is they, they they show up to a guy's house, knock on the door. Then the guy answers the door with his gun, which he legally owns, and they say, "We're taking your guns and he says it's not for, you know yeah for my cold dead hands or whatever right. they fought and the cops killed the guy yeah. that didn't need to happen yeah. This is not a good idea to go to more. Americans who are like my cold dead hands and instigate that kind of thing no. there and, and that's what you get you get Republicans whose position is I'll compromise Democrats and Democrats say give me everything or else yeah. so instead of Republicans being like, we want to repeal the NFA and all gun restrictions, they say we're okay with some gun control and then you end up moving further and further into the gun control territory as
2: as a as somebody that's from here my I'm from Mexico of course and uh there's no there's 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 a there's a part in the constitution that allows for the possession of and self defense with guns in Mexico but there's a single federal firearms law that just that's that what deals with everything everything firearms law in Mexico you're not legally allowed to buy a gun outside of the normal processes, but everybody has guns
4: down there. Mm-hmm. You
2: know. New Year happens, and everybody's shooting guns up in the air. What's the, uh, oh, know right <laughs> right? but main thing is, I've been in places where having a gun is the difference between being targeted and not being targeted. I've been in places where everybody that has guns or having guns illegally, they're all criminals because they have a gun. But if they drop their guns, if they get rid of their guns, the cartels are going to run in
3: and take their daughters. Right. There's a city, uh, Luke talks about. Did you, you remember? Sharon. Sharon, where there's yeah. no
2: police, there's no cartels. Well, they it's kicked all out the police because the cartels were on the, on the take. Right. Uh, and, uh, they armed themselves. There's a problem with some of these groups down there. Like, uh, like a, there was a Netflix uh, documentary on one of these, uh, auto defensa groups that came up, uh, during the mid 2000s. Uh, they, they're basically cartel groups that now are being, uh, guarding home, you know? They, they just switched, you know,
1: t-shirts oh and Sharon let me well let me Let me, no, we, some, got, we got some of these groups we got a super chat S- uh, smashing random key says how does Sharon still exist how was it even allowed to happen
2: uh, I mean it's it's a small it's a very small community mm. and a lot of the weapons that they have are not the best weapons a lot of them were stolen from the local police armory and a lot of them are just hunting rifles or things that have been trafficked there like decades ago and mm. Uh, the reason they're not, they're being left alone is it's just, it's too much of a hassle and also they're too much in the public eye right now. So why, mm-hmm. why mess with them? But eventually they'll drop out of the public eye and influence will start seeping in. How they, us,
1: how they usually
2: kill this group, these groups is that you can't s- out,
1: self-sustain. What happens when a bunch of extremely wealthy Bitcoin caps start sending resources so they can self-sustain? Oh, that would be amazing. Well, that's what we're hearing a lot of. Yeah. Uh, so when, when this, when this went down, you have a lot of people who are like Bitcoin millionaire and caps who are like anarchy, freedom, no cartels, no government. I'm there, baby, and they're bringing their resources, they're bringing guns, they're bringing security.
2: I mean, if if that's one way, another way is basically just televising the revolution, giving them eyes. Yeah. One of the main problems that these communities have is that they don't have eyes. They don't have a way to cast mm-hmm. out their story, their 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 their, their reality. I got, I get bombarded with pictures, videos, and stuff like that from all over Mexico. And they say, dude, Ed, please post this. I was like, where's this from? This is from here. Okay. Just give me enough. I'll, I'll send it to them there or I send it to, or I post it myself. The main thing is that news coverage down there doesn't want to put it up because it goes against the government and mm-hmm. that's not, that's not good. And up here, they, they don't care unless it's like something specifically related or tied to the U.S. So main thing is giving these people voices. Give these people the ability to tell their own stories and televise a revolution. If, if they can figure that out, getting them guns, getting them
1: bullets is
2: only going to push them so far. Well,
1: uh, really now says, I have been to 20 different countries. Listening to listening to you talk about racism is accurate. I have never experienced racism more than in Europe. Definitely. I'd say so. Um, particularly, uh, I, I really, it's, I, I, people probably don't want to believe it, but Sweden, man, no man. joke. I go to I go to somewhere like France or the UK and it's like okay there's racism. Yeah. No, you go to Sweden and it's like extremely ethnically homogenous. They pretend to not be racist, but boy are they racist. They're, I, I'm telling you, man. I'm like in a car with a guy, driving into a black neighborhood and he's shaking and freaking out, being like, "Don't make me do this, man!" And we're like, "Calm down. What are you doing?" We walk around the neighborhood. I think fine. Or it was like I, I should I should say like these migrant areas, a lot of Muslims, a lot of Somalis, and we walk around and it was like there's there's nothing going on, man. Yeah. Like, go to Chicago, that guy would fall to the ground and melt into a pile of jelly <laughs> if you went to Chicago. But the, it's, it's 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 crazy to me. But it's not just about stuff like that. It's about how like they don't hire people, they shuffle them into these pocket communities where they yeah. force them to fend for themselves, and then uh, it's just brutal, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, again. I- I've had some, pu- some weird experiences here in the States that are not specifically – I mean, just uncomfortable you now. Like uh somewhere in Tennessee, somebody asked me if I was a Christian. And I said, yeah, I'm Catholic. So you're not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of those? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I said, you know, I, I I took it with humor because it's humorous to me, you know. Uh But realistically, a lot of the specific hate that I've gotten in this country or life-specific, like – discrimination has been by some of the members of my own community mexicans mm. second generation third generation people that call themselves latinx for some reason you yeah. know i was like Qué? latinx <laughs> God, you know uh, <laughs> uh,
1: i wonder if you gets mad when you say those things i mean it's <laughs> do they i have to know yeah i mean it's it's a it's, uh, it's a whole thing where are like swearing like, the whole time
2: and you just you just talk you just you're talking bad about mexico mexico's a beautiful place like what parts of mexico did you live in yeah <laughs> uh, well i go down there to cancun and go uh, there it's like
1: that's you know mexico city's nice
2: mexico city's nice it's beautiful there's a lot of stuff that happens in mexico city there's you know and outside the outskirts of mexico city are there's some pretty you know they got the, the Catepec, people listening to this they can tell me about some of the places out there that are pretty you know pretty, they have a lot of bad stuff happen yes there's some beautiful places there's some beautiful people and I'm not—I don't—I'm not in in a fight with the people of Mexico. I love the people of Mexico. Like this part of me doing this and the stuff that I do is try and give them voices and telling stories about stuff that happens down there. But most of the hate that I got up here has been people that are completely detached from that reality.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, talking to the dad who is from Mexico, like, what's the first thing you did when you get out to this country? That guy bought a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And uh, then you talk to his, uh, you know, grandson. What about you? Oh, my dad's great. He has a gun. Oh, Uh it's like, oh, guns kill people. Are you like, that's scary, right? Aren't you afraid that people having guns up here? Like, they have guns down
3: there. It's like, is that in foot and hole? Like, that's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah. Do the cartels 3D print weapons? No. Oh, the reason I asked is because you said in 2008 they were using these advanced technology, these drones. I'm wondering yeah. if they're.
2: Nah, I haven't seen a 3D print. It's, it doesn't make sense for them. Uh, I've seen them being utilized a lot in Europe and stuff like that. The, 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 and in uh, Myanmar, I think has has some subguns showing up uh, that 3D printed. Mexico, it has the largest uh, commerce of uh, firearms in the world next to it so yeah <laughs> and they just uh, the government actually just the uh, uh, government of mexico just sued a bunch of the firearms companies stateside oh wow! Well. because because of the guns that are being trafficked oh, yeah. you mysteriously know. enough they didn't uh, sue sig Sauer
1: because hmm. they're buying they're trying to buy guns for the military interesting, for the military. Ah, interesting. I, I always tell people when they're like aren't you scared when you go to these countries like i haven't traveled in a while but i used to fly i was on two planes a week and i'd be like no because people aren't crazy you know th- this idea that you you have got like kind of two camps of people. You got these people who think they can ride their bikes to Tajikistan and it's yeah. going to be fine, yeah. and then they get hit, and then ISIS jumps out and kills them. It literally happened. And then you have people who think you'll go to South America and they'll drag you through the streets and brutally beat you. And I'm like, yo. So some people believe stupid things, and 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 it drives them to do something. But that's not it's not like their behavior isn't predictable. What I mean is. If you're going to an area where you know ISIS is dominant and you know what their ideology is and you know what they're looking for, okay, well, then you're probably going to be watching for that and you got to be careful. But I was like, especially with with going to like Venezuela and Brazil, South America stuff, I'm like, I, I know what a general idea of, of these people's motives, especially when it comes to like gangs, cartels, making money, running a business. You don't interfere. You don't bother them. You mind your own business. You're probably fine. My favorite, though, is when uh, we were in Venezuela and they told me like a very common thing one of the most common things is express kidnappings they'll pull up they'll throw you in they'll drive you to an atm say take out your money and then you know they'll ditch you or whatever yeah. but he, one guy told me a story where he got express kidnapped and the guys are armed they're pointing a gun at him and they're like they 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 you know driving to an atm they're like take out of the money and he's like i only have like a couple you know 100 whatever and then they're like take it out they take it out And they're like, get in in the car. And he's like, okay. And they're like, do you want to ride, man? Is there somewhere we can drop you off? And he's like, yeah, I got to go to work. And they're like, yeah, no problem. Let me, let's know where. He's like, yeah, it's around here. Thanks, man. And they're like, all right, have a good one, dude. Like, it's the craziest story, you know? You think that like, but after they get their money, they're just Mm -hmm. like, we'll drop you off now. Yeah. Hope everything's all right. It's a, it's a thing. I mean, these,
2: it's a business. It's a business. It's a, they're human as well. Uh, I had this guy who was a cardiologist. He got abducted. Uh, he spent like two months in and they did horrible things to him you know basically he wanted to convince his family to pay up um when he was let go uh he, he was let go because we did something and we found where he was being kept and you know we we uh we encountered the people that were holding him uh when we were debriefing him he kept asking about the people that were watching him because he was worried about them because these people you know Weren't specifically the ones responsible to, for abducting him, but they weren't responsible to to look out for him when he was yeah in like this they were being forced to do a dog it. kennel yeah. that they had set up for him. Uh, and he was like, "Hey, are they okay? Like, are they fine? Like, like I was like, what? And like, Stockholm syndrome, basically. Yeah, they weren't fine. None of them were fine. And he went into a weird depression because of some of the stuff that happened to them. It was a weird wow. And again, yeah, it's stories like that are. You know, uh, there's, there, there, my mom told me this long ago and it kind of made things clearer for me. Uh, nobody's against
1: you. They're for themselves. Exactly. And when you learn that. Yeah, this, this, this is so basically so. what I mean when I say people aren't crazy and I try to explain this to them. You, you know what, if you know like what they're doing and why they're doing it, then it's like they're not going to randomly do things for the most part, yeah. right? They, they don't want to put risk themselves. They want to get something out of you. So understand the motives of the person to the best of your ability and then try and navigate the situations. And that means – you might like I had someone try to pickpocket me in Spain. They didn't succeed. But I'm not about to pick a fight with the guy who's probably got friends around the corner operating as their backup. He comes up, tries to grab my phone, fails, and then I just back away and um, avoid the situation. Because what they do is they'll have someone waiting around the corner or someone sitting down who's their spotter in case a fight breaks out. Then they jump you. So it's like he failed. It's better that he's like my risk is too high right now. I'm gonna walk, and I'm like, and I'm not gonna get into a fight with him. Yeah,
2: Yeah, part part of that that uh, normal is a fluid concept. The lesson that I give people is, you know, I can walk around here with my iPhone, but somewhere else that's gonna be a meal uh, for a few weeks for somebody. Mm -hmm. I can walk around salary. Yeah, I can walk around here with my earring, but I'll I'll, you know go to Brazil and it's gonna rip off your ear. Don't be a resource. Check yourself. Uh, make a travel debit card with a with a with a prepaid travel debit card. Carry a travel phone. Um, carry a burner phone that you can give out to somebody. Just give give out as a gift. You know, uh, every now and then I do security contracting jobs, and the first thing I do is I go to the parking attendant, go to the major D, or go to the guy that the guy that knows everything, and I give him a phone, and a, a smartphone that's worth probably like one hundred and fifty dollars or two hundred dollars on eBay. And I get the best intel on the planet there. Yep. I just call him directly. When I'm done, you can keep the phone. Really? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Key to the city. You know? Yeah, dude. You know? But again, it's it's weird to, to tell people like, Ed, so what can I make to defend myself? Uh, buy a phone. Give it to somebody there. Make a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Friends. You go. That's go. I love what it. Invest in yeah. people.
1: Yep. All right. Right on, man. Well, it's, uh, it's been rad mm-hmm. having you. For everybody else, thanks for hanging out on, on this Friday night. Smash that like button. Subscribe. You can follow me at TimCast. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. Make sure you check out YouTube.com/slash Cast Castle. We're going to a top secret location this weekend, which is going to be a crazy vlog, which probably be up on Monday. Maybe we'll see how it goes, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Like, I can't say too much. We just got to go and film it first. But uh, Ed, is there anything else you want to shout out? Website, book, uh, ch- Twitter. Check
2: out, check out my Instagram EdManifesto.com and check out our new source Demo Lair on yeah,
3: on Instagram. Demo? Demo Lair. Demo Lair. Thanks for coming, man. That was great. Thank you. Good. Love you, Ed. That was really, really fun, man. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Lydia? Oh, I mean, Crossing, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. So there? you told to me? right? It's all about Ed, man.
5: Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Now let me know who Ian is. I really appreciate Ed coming a lot. I feel like I learned so much and I'm going to have to go back and watch your different appearances on Joe Rogan as well. I am Sarah Lids. I push buttons in the corner for a living. Thank you guys for coming.
1: Man, it's, it's been great. I think I'll have to, uh, um, you know i'll never forget that joe blew that death whistle and it's all his <laughs> fault that's so. it yeah can someone a get bad. him on the horn yeah joe what have you done <laughs> but hey man it's been a blast and for everybody else thanks so much for hanging out and we will see you all at the cast castle vlog over at youtube.com slash cast castle or timcast.com be a member we got a huge library of condo you can always go there and search our massive list of podcasts with all of our guests we got like a couple from Steve Bannon, we've got Jack tons from Jack Basobic, Will Chamberlain, all this awesome stuff. So definitely check that out and we'll see y'all next time.
4: Bye guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's
3: the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.